Association. The chief executive of Alzheimer's UK, Jeremy Hughes, said it could make a difference to patients' daily lives. What this initiative will mean is when people go to an Argos store or an M&S store, they know that the staff will be supportive. They know that there's someone who will actually think, hang on a minute, why is that person having a bit of trouble? Why are they getting confused about their change? Oh dear, they've forgotten their PIN number. Let me help sort it out and help them remember that they've put their, their card somewhere or that they don't quite know what they're doing at that precise moment. Teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again, according to official statistics published this week. In Beds, Hearts and Bucks, there are 250 fewer pregnant under 18-year-olds than three years ago. At the same time, there are more women aged over 35 becoming pregnant. The energy regulator Ofgem says the big suppliers have accumulated more than £400 million from customers whose accounts were in credit when they moved house or switched to other companies. Ofgem has described the figure as unacceptably high. BBC News understands it's calling on the suppliers to return the money. The world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best-selling rock stars. The hybrid air vehicle developed at Cranfield looks like a giant airship, but the high-tech design means it, means it also acts like an aeroplane wing. Iron Maiden lead singer, businessman and airline pilot Bruce Dickinson says the aircraft is a game-changer in transportation. We can lift enormous weights at very, very low speeds with this and then accelerate hugely in a hugely fuel-efficient way, cruising about 100 miles an hour, but you're doing it for three and a half days with 50,000 kilos of payload on board. It's Thunderbird 2. It's a roll-on, roll-off ferry that flies that doesn't need a runway. In sport, Tottenham are through to the last 16 of the Europa League after beating Ukrainian side Dnipro 3-1 to go through 3-2 on aggregate. The weather, cloudy and feeling cold with outbreaks of rain affecting most parts during the day and a chilly northeasterly wind developing, a maximum temperature 7 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. I want to work with him later on about his predictions for Luton Town. His predictions this week were, oh, yeah, no, they can't fail. They cannot fail. <laughs> Surely with him saying that and Justin Dealey promising to go to a match this weekend, they're set to fail, aren't they? Aren't they? It's a Friday. We have that Friday feeling in the atmosphere. But we're not going to slack on content any more than we usually do. Today's show can be summed up in three questions. What turns a nice girl from Harpenden into a serial killer? What's stopping our teenagers getting pregnant? And what's the point of the point? I mean, seriously. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A Harpenden woman is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later on today for murdering three men and attempting to murder two more. 31-year-old Joanna Dennehy will be jailed this afternoon, as will two men accused of helping her dispose of her victims. It's a a grisly story that's been on the front pages of lots of newspapers. Catherine Boyle has been uh, looking into this. What do we know about Joanna Dennehy? Well, we know she's 31 and she grew up in what appears to be an average loving family in Harpenden. Here's what her sister Maria told reporters after... 
after Joanna Dennehy pleaded guilty and her two accomplices were found guilty. The memories I had could never picture or in my own head that she was capable of doing something so monstrous, I suppose. I don't think you can describe it, to be honest with you. You can't really give it a word. Sick, I suppose. Joanna is a human being and an adult. She should take full responsibility of her actions. You know, she happily give away two children and done this to multiple families. And I hope that she never sees daylight again, ever. That's the voice of Joanna Dennehy's sister Maria there. She grew up, as we say, in Harpenden, spent her early life there, later moved on to Luton, Milton Keynes, and then to Orton Goldhay near Peterborough. And it seems that that might have been an attempt to start afresh because at some time in her early teens, Joanna Dennehy started to miss school and hang about with a much older crowd. Drugs and alcohol became a problem, and this coupled with the antisocial personality disorder she was diagnosed with just a year before the killings meant that she could switch from being a happy and gregarious person to being extremely angry, aggressive and violent. So what happened last year? Well, police launched a manhunt in March after three bodies were found in ditches scattered across Cambridgeshire. All three were men, all three died of multiple stab wounds. The first victim was Lukas Slabozgevsky, who was 31, and died on or around the 19th of March. At some point his body was um, kept in a wheelie bin. Oh dear. 48-year-old Kevin Lee and 56-year-old John Chapman were killed on the same day as each other, and that was the 29th of March. All were known to Joanna Dennehy. Then and three days later, on April the 2nd, Dennehy drove to Hereford with a man called Gary Stretch. They were looking for further victims, in her words, like Bonnie and Clyde. They chose two dog water- walkers, completely at random, and both of those men were repeatedly stabbed. Both of them sustained critical injuries, but thankfully they survived. I heard one of those gentlemen being interviewed. It was either on four or five. And his story was incredible. He's out walking the dog, and suddenly this woman starts stabbing him, and she said something along the lines of, oh, dear, look, you're bleeding. I'd better stab you some more. It was just the most... Hor- and he, he told it, it was remarkable to hear him telling it. He was so calm. But just the most horrific story... What happened when Dennehy appeared in court? Well, she surprised her legal team by pleading guilty to the three murders as well as admitting the attempted murders of the dog walkers. She also faced a further three charges of preventing the lawful burial of her murder victims. That's to do with, you know, the dumping of the bodies Mm. in the ditches. Um, Her sentencing was delayed because Gary Stretch and a second accomplice, Leslie Layton, stood trial at Cambridge Crown Court early this month for their part in helping her cover her tracks. During the trial, prosecutors said Joanna Dennehy cast a spell over her accomplices and killed for fun which kind of bears out what that victim uh, was saying. The court also heard one of her victims, Kevin Lee, had likened her to Uma Thurman from Kill Bill and the woman from Terminator. Um, That was shortly before he was killed by her. At the height of last year's manhunt, she bragged to one witness that she'd actually killed eight more people, although up until now there's no evidence of that being true. You mentioned she cast a spell. Again, another thing with this, there was, it was, it was a lot of this was sexual, wasn't it? There were sexual relationships with several of these people and it was, that was kind of the promise that she was offering. Uh, Dennehy's accomplices were convicted at the hearing in Cambridge. That's right. 47-year-old Gary Stretch and 36-year-old Leslie Layton had already been found guilty of some offences relating to Dennehy's attacks prior to that trial at Cambridge Crown Court. And earlier this month, Stretch was convicted of a second charge of attempted murder re- relating to those two dog waters, walkers in Hereford and also found guilty of three counts of preventing the lawful burial of a body. Leighton was convicted of preventing the lawful burial of two murder victims. And a third man, 55-year-old Robert Moore from Peterborough, had previously admitted assisting an offender by sheltering Dennehy and Stretch when they were on the run. And the court was told that Stretch and Leighton showed no remorse for their part in what happened. This feels more shocking because she's a woman. Yeah. 
That, that, that seemed, and that's probably why there, there has been, so, partly so, why there's been so much interest from the press. Partly, the violence and the apparent enjoyment in inflicting those terrible, terrible wounds as well. Any case involving a serial killer inevitably attracts a lot of publicity because there just aren't that many, but there certainly is no denying the, that the fact that she's a woman has increased the interest, mm. particularly from the press. Serial killers, although technically she's a spree killer or a multiple murderer given the length of time between attacks, apparently and there needs to be more length of time, more attacks okay. to be a serial killer. But they are still thankfully rare and they're very, very rarely women and it flies in the face, of course, of society's idea of how women think and behave. We will be talking in more detail about this um, in the course of the programme. You'll be talking to an eminent criminologist as well as a psychologist about it and they're best placed to try to explain the inexplicable. Catherine, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555 if you want to have your say on that or anything we're talking about. And it does seem uh, these, these cases... Uh, where it is women who are, you know, murdering or inflicting cruel acts against children. They're always more shocking because they're women. And I guess, why is that? I guess because we see them as protectors, as mothers, as as more caring, as... I don't know. Horrible story. 08459 455 555. You can never know what it's like Your blood like Freezes just like ice And there's a cold and lonely light That shines from you You'll wind up like the wreck you hide Behind that mask you use And did you think this fool could never win? Well look at me, I'm coming back again I got a taste of love in a simple way And if you need to know while I'm still standing You just fade away Don't you know I'm still standing Better than I ever did Looking like a true survivor Bombarded 
I've been bombarded with uh, by angry expats. If you can count three grumpy messages as a bombardment. Yesterday, was it yesterday, Catherine, we were talking about the expats? Day before, wasn't it? Uh, but someone's put it on an e- internet site somewhere. Someone's put it on a site in France or Spain or something. Basically, I said that if you live abroad, if you're an expat, if you've been there for three years or more, you shouldn't have the vote. It makes common sense to me. And then said they should But it have... was part of a greater conversation that went yeah. on for three hours. Yeah, you shouldn't have winter fuel allowance. I questioned whether they should get pensions or not. Well, I had some very angry gentleman on, on Twitter yesterday, a gentleman who lives in France, who says I was a disgrace to public broadcasting and I should be sacked. Uh, uh, Justin had a very angry email, didn't he? Yeah. But you'll note that it's all coming a bit late, isn't it? So are they really in touch with what's going on at home? Adrian Milne has, on, on uh, my, uh, my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Ian Lee official, Adrian Milne has written a very, very long um, uh, message. I couldn't be bothered got time, to... time, hasn't he? He's got... Twiddling <laughs> his thumbs on a lilo. <laughs> it, it concludes with, Is Lee in favour of Polish, Latvian and other European nationalities coming into the UK and having the vote for who sits in the British Parliament? Or is his arguments completely inward-looking? Let me read that again. Is his arguments completely inward looking before broadcasting on a BBC radio station he should research his subject <laughs> really before this completely one-sided rant or at least have an expat interview to give a more balanced argument we did yeah he missed it didn't he we did you silly sausage where's my sangria Anyway, at least they're feeling something. They're feeling something as they're numbed by um, not paying full tax in this country and by the hot sunshine of living abroad because they've done a runner. Thanks, guys. 08459... It's going to be one of those shows, I'm afraid. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. The point in Milton Keynes. It's horrible, isn't it? Let's get rid of it, shall we? Come on, guys. Let's After the show, let's all storm down there and just take it down piece by piece. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? That's a big part of my childhood. Did you that mean? was the future when I was a kid. We used to take... When we first moved from Manchester, we used to bring visitors from up north to see the future. Oh, I remember when my uh, my nan lived in Milton Keynes and, and it was, it was uh, very... Very exciting, futuristic, yet slightly retro, based on an Egyptian style yeah. monument. If but it had had a sound effect, it would have been pew pew. Exactly. But now it looks tatty, it looks warm, it looks old fashioned, it looks like 1982. It's kind of been dwarfed by its surroundings. I yeah. remember when the point was huge. Yeah. Get rid of it. No. There must be some use for it. Let's find out. 08459 455 555. What's the point of the point? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Starting by looking on the speed sensors in Luton, the A6 is building up heading towards the centre of town. Also in Cuffley, the Ridgeway and Plough Hill, both looking slow as you head towards the station. On the M40 cameras, things looking very wet this morning with some surface water on the roads around Denham and Beaconsfield. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. Right, 6.16, it's Friday the 28th of February. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Dennehy grew up in Harpenden, attending Roundwood Park School.
Teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again, according to official statistics published this week. In Beds, Hearts and Bucks, there are few, uh, 250 fewer pregnant under-18-year-olds than three years ago. And in sports, Tottenham are through to the last 16 of the Europa League, but Swansea are out. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks, cloudy, feeling cold, with outbreaks of rain affecting most parts during the day and a chilly northeasterly wind developing. Maximum temperature is 7 degrees. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they're starting to use an American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, good news if you've got teenage kids, you can worry less. Tiny bit less. Because teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again. According to official statistics published this week, there are 250 fewer pregnant under-18-year-olds in beds, hearts and bucks than there were three years ago. Good news, too, if you're trying to become a parent later in life. There are more women aged over 35 becoming pregnant. Well, our political reporter, Paul Scoins, has been crunching the numbers. Paul, there are fewer teenage pregnancies then. Yeah, Ian, it's quite a fall, actually. Uh, A fall of just over 20% in teen pregnancies over the last three years across the area. Um, Higher falls in some areas than others, around 27% in Hertfordshire, uh, 6% in Luton. Um, If you measure that, this is measuring the sort of so-called conception rate per 1,000 women. So, for example, the England and Wales average the lowest since 1969 at uh, 27.9 conceptions per 1,000 women. These are women aged 15 to 17, by the way. Um, In Hertfordshire and Central Bedfordshire, the number is just over 17 conceptions per 1,000 women. So quite a a difference. The highest area in the patch uh, is Stevenage for some reason reason there are over 31 per 1000 there and the lowest is three rivers just 11 conceptions per 1000 that equates to effectively 20 conceptions in 2012 that doesn't actually then transfer to live births of course these, these stats also cover abortions uh, but don't cover miscarriages do we know why there's been a fall in numbers well, I think education plays a part here. I mean, the 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 rate amongst under-18s in the country still is the highest in Western Europe, uh, and and uh, public health advisors have said that there has been more investment and dedicated education over the last 10 years, and that's paid dividends. Um, a youth worker from Hertfordshire has told uh, the BBC that, uh, uh, that young people know more about contra- contraception now more than ever before, and in Public Health England have said that younger people have and, and need uh, comprehensive sex and relationship education in and out of school, uh, and they also need sort of better access to contraceptive and sexual health services. So, whilst education uh, is clearly playing a part, and these numbers have steadily declined since 1990, uh, health authorities still believe they can do more. There's been a rise in the number of older mums. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that rise, we talk about conceptions per uh, 1,000, that, that rise in, in, in over 40s has seen a 60% rise since, uh, since 1990. Um, it's remained fairly static, I should say, over the last few years. It's certainly a really dramatic rise since 1990, a 77% rise as well in the number of conceptions registered to those over 35. Uh, in the east of England, where that's as specific we can, as we can be, there were um, 12, just over 12,000 uh, uh, conceptions in 35-year-olds and overs uh, uh, last year. Um, Anne Firudi, who's the chief executive of the British Pregnancy Advisory Service, has said that these statistics show that there is a trend towards older motherhood. And indeed, she said that younger women are, are choosing to postpone starting their family for a variety of reasons. Perhaps some haven't met the right person. Uh, others want to wait until they've got a, a bit more money in the bank to be able to uh, to bring the child up, maybe a home of their own, um, or indeed have, have progressed a bit further down their career path before they do so. But what she did say, which is interesting, and I suppose something that all local authorities will have to confront, is that because there is this sort of move, albeit a, a small one, to, to older motherhood, that, that, that maybe maternity services, that uh, you know, those sort of reproductive services will have to at least take that into account and start maybe thinking about that. So some mothers require maybe a little bit of more additional support and she says the answer there is to provide the services that they need rather than try and sort of pigeonhole everybody into the same sort of bracket what are you doing this weekend paul uh well it depends on the weather i suppose might might do a bit of cycling i've got a i've, I've got a i've got a, a point fact do you want a point fact a point fact i don't know what a point yeah, fact is do i want one well, you're talking about the point. Imagine oh, the point. Oh, the point. You, okay, I thought it was a, 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 a political reporting term that I was yet to pick up. It's not. It's a fact about the point, a building that we have to get rid of, don't we? I think. Well, it would be wrong for me to come down on one side or the other, right? But I'm you not, agree with me, yeah? I think I do, to be honest. I, I, I'm of the personal opinion that the point is rather looking quite tired these days. However, my friend Neil... Can we, get, can we edit what... Hang on a second. Can we edit what Paul said and then find a clip of him saying uh, it's the BBC's opinion and then splice those two together? Can we, can we do that, Catherine? Uh, it would be wrong, but yes, I can. Excellent. Thanks very much. Paul, please carry on. Um, I, I, as a long, lifelong, uh, actually, I can say that, uh, resident of Milton Keynes, um, I, I saw my first, well, I didn't see my first film there. But <laughs> was it your third film? You see your third film there? I think there? it might have been my four, third or fourth film. Yeah. Um, I saw uh, I saw David Bowie in what was that labyrinth? I saw that there with my cousin. Paul, sorry, Paul. You know this is going out on the radio, don't you? Oh gosh. Yes. yes. Uh, um, so is there is there a point? You what's your point? There fact? is a point. No, no. Do you know? Do you, do you remember the movie game with Philip Schofield? No, I don't remember the movie game. You don't remember that film? Yes, yes, oh, yes. I remember that. The it movie a, game with TV show. Philip Schofield. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I remember a screen test. The, no. Okay. Wasn't that. Um, God, the opening titles of that uh, oh. film, uh, of that show. I keep calling it a film. It's not a film. Oh, Philip for Schofield God's sake, please! Film. No. The opening titles of that show were filmed at the point. Oh. It was basically, the basically the, the the opening titles showed people running in uh, to uh, to the to the building, going sitting down in their seats. <laughs> Did the movie game Steam Team go? Wow, 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 wow. Right. Or is that I is that, that is a, Noel Edmonds? A, 
level of detail thing. I right. can't really okay. furnish you with. It, I, 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 can, I can only apologise to the listeners. I thought I'd indulge Scoins in a little bit of banter. I was hey, wrong. that's a fact. That's a fact. What are you talking about? That is a fact. There we are. All right, here we go. Point we're going to play. We're going to play point poker. Okay, you have set the bar very, very low. Can anybody come up with a more interesting fact about the point than uh, the the fact that it was used in the opening titles of the television program Movie Quiz, starring Philip Schofield? Can we beat that? Paul? No, it's the movie game. It's the movie game. Oh, for God's sake! There's a difference here. You've got to get these things right. <laughs> Morning. 
this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Still listening? Ah, uh, still listening? What's the point of the point in Milton Keynes? Seriously. And it's day wonderful, futuristic, marvellous. Nowadays, it's tatty, it's old. Let's tear it down, shall we, guys? Let's go down there after the show and rip it piece from piece. Unless you think you can think of something else we can do with it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting by taking a look at the speed sensors, joining the northbound A5 at Dunstable starting to build up a little, otherwise looking very quiet at the moment. All the major routes are running well. Uh, in Cotterwood, Warren Lane is closed after a landslip with the problems with all the uh, adverse weather earlier. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Denahay grew up in Harpenden, attending Roundwood Park School. Teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again, according to official statistics. In Beds, Hearts and Bucks, there are 250 fewer pregnant under-18-year-olds than three years ago. And the world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best-selling Rockstars, the hybrid air vehicle at Cardington Hangars, is being promoted by Iron Maiden lead singer, businessman, and airline pilot Bruce Dickinson. Three Counties Sports, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham are through to the last 16 of the Europa League after beating Ukrainian side Dnipro 3-1 to go through 3-2 on aggregate. They'll face Benfica next, but Swansea are out after losing 3-1 away to the Italian side Napoli. Tomorrow, Watford awaiting on the fitness of Fernando Forestieri for the visit of Blackpool in the Championship, but Lewis McGugan, Fitz Hall and Alman Abdi remain out. MK Don's injury problems continue ahead of the League One home game against Sheffield United. Manager Carl Robinson will be without Stephen Gleeson and possibly Ben Reeves as well. I think anybody could have coped with the with the problems that we've had. Um, but you're talking in the in the treatment room at the moment. You've got Lee Hodgson who's an international. You've got Ben Reeves who's just got in the, in the full squad as well. Uh, Darren Potter and Stephen Gleeson who are arguably two of the the best midfield players in the league. So it's it's a very very difficult position to be in. Um, unless it wasn't for them two loans late last week, we wouldn't have been able to even put a bench out. Stevenage could have John Massinho back in the squad for the trip to Bradford and in League Two, Wickham are at Southend. Luton captain Ronnie Henry believes the Hatters could do what his old club Stevenage did and achieve back-to-back promotions if they go up from the conference. Luton host Alfreton tomorrow. Henry's been comparing his two teams. Both great sides, to be honest. Yeah. We had both done exactly what what we needed to do with Stevenage. We went up from the conference and went straight up again. There's no reason why, if we do it here, we can't go up straight again as well. So it'd be, it'd be good. England's cricketers bid to put their Australian nightmare behind them today as they start a three-match one-day series in the West Indies. The first match in Antigua starts at 1.30 our time. And Great Britain have won their first gold medal at the Track Cycling World Championships in Colombia with Hertfordshire's Laura Trott helping them to the women's team pursuit title. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 We haven't got time for that. Do you know what happened two years ago today? No, two, well, two years ago tomorrow, but it was the 29th of February. Um, no. That's disrespectful. We lost someone. Uh. Is it a Blue Peter dog? No, it wasn't. It was 
Dave, we lost Davy Jones. Oh, Davy Jones. Two years ago tomorrow. Let's have a little bit of the monkeys, shall we? You need to learn your pop. Oh, I could hide neath the wings of the bluebird as she sings. The six o'clock alarm would never ring. But it rings and I rise. Wipe the sleep out of my eyes My shaven razor's cold and it stings Cheer up, sleepy Jean Oh, what can it mean to a daydream believer And a homecoming queen of me as a white knight on his steed Now you know how happy I can be Oh, and our good time starts and ends Without dollar one to spend But how much baby do we Tomorrow, since we lost Debbie Jones. Very, very sad. Now, Catherine has joined me in my studio. Thank you for welcoming into your studio. Well, I, I have no choice. If we look at the running order of the show... Me, the first me, quarter, it's you. Me. Second quarter, it's Goins. Third and fourth quarter of the first hour, it's you. Well, how is that? And the thing is, you're producing the show, so you make the decisions that it's you. So I've decided there need to be more women in radio. Precisely this woman. I've decided that right now there needs to be less woman in radio, studio. Why you talk like this? I talk like, I don't know. (laughs) You're touching my car, smashing your face. Do you remember that that sticker in the back of cars? No, I don't. I'm a little bit older than you. There was a sticker. I saw your exclamation on Twitter and I just thought that that something had happened. I touch my car, you smash. No, you're touching my car, smashing your face. (laughs) That was around the same time as you could get car horns installed that went. I remember those. Why would you change your car horn to a song? Also, if you're bibbing someone in anger, it sounds kind of jolly, doesn't it? <laughs> hey, hi! <laughs> he wants the party. You don't get musical horns anymore. My car horn is very tepid. Is it? Very, very effeminate. Mine's ever, beep, beep. Mine's ever so slightly husky. It's Italian. Go on, ha, ha. Give us a... Oh, wait, four, five, nine. We're, yeah, we're actually going to go with this. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Phone honk up. if you're listening. Honk if you're listening. Phone up and... and oh, hang on a minute. Don't you have to wait till... Can I finish a... Wait, wait, wait. For legal reasons... Tense. 
Don't we need the sun to be up? If you'd listen to what I was about to say... So say it. Phone up and give us an impression of your car horn. Oh, OK. All right? That's fine, you that's legal. Need, th- th- there's no restrictions in the highway code about that, are there? And you know what? It's such a good phoner. I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan's team upstairs are ripping up their whatever it is they're going to do, and probably migration, immigration, I don't know, and then going, we're going to go over the car horns. You know who else will love it? Yeah. Who's going to love this? Yeah. Mark Forrest. Mark Forrest. You're going to love this. Great fun in today on uh, Three Counties Radio about Garland. So I want you to give us a call with uh, an impression. If you're, I could, Roberto would do it. Mm-hmm. Coffer's probably going to drop like a, a back lady or a bookman. Somewhere there's a phone call going to Paxman. Yeah. Derbyshire will be on the phone to the team. Not me, she don't like me. But she'll be on the phone to the 3CR team. I really want to get that... Uh, she's phoning now. Oh, Bacon, Bacon, he'll love that. Yeah, He's he very good, isn't he? And um, who's the uh, comedy, uh, the gentleman at Radio 1? That nicks all my ideas. Um, Drive time for Yeah. Greg Proops. No, not Greg Proops. Greg Dyke? Yes. Greg Dyke is going to steal my idea. What have you found in the papers? All manner of things. How would you feel if you were on TripAdvisor? Hang on one second. Joe jo in Letchworth? Good morning. Can you give me the horn? <laughs> <laughs> do you drive a clown car? I do. I work with clowns, so I might as well have a clown horn. Go, is it, seriously, that's not what your horn is like, is it? It's one of those double double ones that's really noisy and it goes, beep, beep, get out of the way! Yeah. What, what you should have, I've said this before and I think this makes perfect sense, we should have different bibs, and I like the word bib. Yeah. We should have different bibs. We should have kind of like three settings. Uh, like a really angry, get out of the way! kind of thing. Um, uh, you, a bib to say, oh, you've you've left, you've not got your, your lights. lights. You know, your lights, your lights. <laughs> uh, and then kind of like a, something in the middle, just uh, like a, Hello! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you need, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And like I say, the last one should be the loudest. You, you're touching my car, I smash your face. There you go, you say. I miss those. He's from your era. There we go. Phone up and give me the horn. Yeah? It's Friday. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, I had another car thing to say. Go on. I have <laughs> I've wanted to say this for ages, OK? Oh, there's something. No. no, there's something I can do. That I'm really, really proud of, okay? I'm really proud of it. But when I say it, it's going to sound really naff. But it's, it's the one thing I'm best at in my life. I've got a really good skill. I've got six settings for the windscreen wipers on my car. Yeah. I am excellent. And this is, this is genuine. I'm excellent at going straight to the right setting. For the for the rain conditions, and I'm re- I genuinely every time I do it, I think, oh, I wish I wish someone were here. This is true. I wish someone were here to recognise the fact I went straight to the right windscreen wiper setting. No faffing around. No, oh, that's too slow. Oh, that's too far. Boom! I'm straight there. I've got six settings. They would call you the Rain Man. <laughs> genuinely, I've wanted to say that for ages. I've never I found a way of introducing that, that, it. Well, I mean, everyone's got to have a skill, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. What have you got in the papers? Um. <laughs> This poor woman in Glasgow. Oh. Right. No doubt she's partial to the odd visitor. If you want to read along, it's in uh, the Daily Mail. You might have a copy. Yeah. Handy. Page 13. To the right. Yeah. Slightly further down than that. There you go. No doubt she's partial to the odd visitor, but at just 60 years old, she might take offence at being labelled a museum. Oh. Mother of two, Mary Johnston from Glasgow, is listed on the travel website TripAdvisor as the city's 87th most popular tourist Isn't attraction. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, she lives in a terrace house in Belhar... Bella Houston. Be careful. Bella Houston. You've been in trouble this week. Boasts four five-star reviews on the site. 
Well, at least she's getting good reviews. Yeah. And her unlikely status placed her above the newly opened 12,000-seat concert venue, The Hydro. She says it's some sort of bungle or a practical joke. Which oh, she it's some sort of bungle or no. a practical joke. She says it's a, it's a bungle by TripAdvisor or a practical joke. Oh, she's a Scottish. I wasn't paying attention. Yes, she's there's from a, Glasgow. There's a great story. Page 20 of the Mail. It's in a few of the papers. Uh, it's a photograph. Nick Clegg is giving uh, a talk. <laughs> This is great, isn't it? He's giving a talk at a school, uh, Southfields Academy in South London, 500 young people. Um, and, d- you know, once the novelty of the Deputy Prime Minister coming in has, has subsided after 30 seconds, I imagine most teenagers will think, oh, well, I'll flip it. I won't go home and play Grand Theft Auto. I don't want to sit here. That's what I would be thinking. Well, there's one lad in the front row, got a shaved head. Uh, he's looking really bored. He's got one hand, his head's resting in his in his hand, and with the other hand, he is has got his middle finger raised and he's resting it on his face. He's doing that thing where you swear with your fingers so it looks like you're scratching, but actually you're fli- He's flicking Nick Clegg, the Deputy Prime Minister, the bird. Now, I imagine today at school he will get a right royal rollicking from the head teacher. But, with all of his friends, he's going to be king. He's going to be king for the day. We don't know the young man's name. I salute this gentleman. <laughs> it's the girl's face sitting next to him. She's seen it. She's seen it. <laughs> she's seen it and she's doing it. Oh, not... I, this, man, this boy should be a hero. We should have... We talk about troubled youth. This guy is an inspiration, It'll isn't be he? a badge of honour, that telling off. Well done, he. And to be honest, I think there'll be some people in the uh, staff room who'll be thinking yep, yep. he deserves a high five or yes. whatever young people do these days. How not to market your home, the £115,000 house in need of a tidy up. I've looked at houses in the not-too-distant past. You can always tell if someone really wants to sell or if they don't. Have they put the hoover round? Yeah. This lot have left like their knickers on the floor. Oh. And the whole place is a tip. It no. looks like the sort of thing you'd lived in as a student and there would have been post-it notes saying, can you tidy this, please? Yeah. It's an absolute state. But is it... Is the, the... Do you know what the estate agent says? Go on. It's in need of modernisation. Oh, is the price lower because it's a tip? Because they've left it in a tip? I don't know. Because I, I would go in and say, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll take it, but I want 15 grand off. It's a good size. I think it has promise. But unfortunately, and it, from the outside, it looks quite nice. Look. Why do estate agents... I was talking to a friend about this last night. He was, he was trying to buy a, a, a flat. And he was telling me... And he, as he told me, I was laughing because this happened to me. When, he, he saw a flat online that he liked. It was in Blackheath, I think, South London. Uh, and it was two bedrooms and it was... And he got in touch and said, oh, I want this flat that's online, Blackheath, two bedrooms. I'd like to look. Oh, it's gone. But we've got something very similar. Oh, OK, yeah, sure. T- tell me more. It's a four-bedroom house and it's in Croydon. <laughs> so it's, it's a completely different type of property, miles away. And they do that, don't they? they t- Listen, I'm, I'm really gonna, you're really going to like this. I- I've had that where they've driven me to a, a house and I've said, you know what, I'm not even going to go in that house because this is nowhere near... A- Come inside and have a look. It's a fi- completely different yeah. specs to what I've... Why do they do that? I told you about that flat I got taken to. I went up the um, staircase. There was no roof on it. It was like living in sort of Beirut where it's been bombed out. Walked past the mattresses, thought, give the flat a chance. Yeah, yeah. Walked onto the lino floor that oh. was throughout the flat. And he said, uh, there you go, I think he's got promise, hasn't he? <laughs> he said, well, he said it was fully furnished, I can't even see, where's the bed? Yeah. He hit the wall. <laughs> Boom! One of those know. comedy Laurel and Hardy I, beds I came out I didn't know the those beds actually existed yeah. in the real world. I was surprised there wasn't someone still in it, to be honest. Wow, you'd have fun with that, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, or I could have been late for work a lot. There's a story in the, uh, in the mail... <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, we're doing the mail today, basically. This is an interesting one. Uh, when Rachel's mother died, she expected to be consoled by friends and relatives. Instead, she was left lonely and isolated. Why are the British so bad at dealing with the grief of others? And it's true, isn't it? When my dad died, uh, people didn't know what to say to me. So they don't say anything. So they don't say anything. Or there were, I, from a couple of people, had a really awkward... Yeah, sorry to hear about your dad. Anyway, what's on telly? You know, it was that kind of... Uh, I feel like to say something, I don't know what... And I'm going to move away from the subject as quickly as possible. There was... I, uh, apart from a couple of uh, a couple of friends who were really good and said, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad. Do you want to talk about it or not? Do you want to go out for lunch? You know, you know that kind of... That was me, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was you. It was you and a, a, another mate. And it was, a, do, you want to, you know, do you want to talk about it or not? Whatever. It's fine. Uh, people, we don't know how to deal with death in this country, do we? The reason I tend to say something rather than sit back and wait for it, you know, it's never... Is because I've made the mistake in the past of not saying anything, and then you feel like you can't. Yeah. Or if you go, you, you've got to kind of do it quite quickly, yeah. and it's it's uncomfortable for, as you for saying it. But now, having had the personal experience, I, 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 it's it's not uncomfortable for the person who's hearing it. I don't think it certainly wasn't for me. It's kind of what you want is you want people to acknowledge that your life has shifted and changed incredibly, but yet the world is still kind of going on. You know, everyone knows. Just say yeah. it. Just say it. It's a weird one, isn't it? Right. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound looking slow on the sensors approaching Junction 4 for Edgware. And in Brickett Wood, things looking heavy on the north orbital at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. The A1M southbound building up at Junction 7 for Stevenage. On public transport, the 705 train from Watford Junction to Euston is delayed by 10 minutes, but there's no reported problems on the lines. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 6.46, it's Friday the 28th of February, don't worry, it's the last day. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Denner, he grew up in Harpenden, attending Roundwood Park School. The world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best-selling rock stars. The hybrid air vehicle at Cardington Hangars is being promoted by Iron Maiden lead singer, businessman and airline pilot Bruce Dickinson. And in sports, Tottenham are through to the last 16 of the Europa League, but Swansea... Are, what are you doing? Yes! Why? Don't know, that's what you're supposed to do at football, isn't it? But Swansea are out. Oh. Let's get the weather with Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much indeed. Good morning to you. A chilly start this morning and we've got some rain around, which over the Chilterns can be a little bit sleety as we go through the day today. And we need to cater for that wet weather right the way through until tonight. Outbreaks of rain. There will be the odd dryer interlude. We've got an area of low pressure tracking across the UK pivoting rain around it so eventually uh, some drier interludes at times top temperature there just five or six celsius it will feel chilly even if you do have the odd dryer slot and then as we go through the night tonight things will start to dry up and clear up a little bit actually uh, some clearer skies developing lows down to two degrees it will be a chilly start to the weekend tomorrow though uh, now looks like the best day of the weekend will be dry right the way through some sunshine developing by the end of the day still feeling quite chilly but lighter winds five or six celsius and then for Sunday, we'll start with dry weather. We'll be bright for a time. We've got some rain to move in by about mid-afternoon onwards. We'll stay unsettled into the start of the new week. And that's your weather. World War One at home. 
on the BBC. He was 16 and had joined the King's Royal Rifles two years too early. Discovering local memories. He was manly enough to walk from Wolverton up to the Strand to join the army. So he was pretty fit, wasn't he? World War One at home. Back in the 70s, someone said, oh, there's a box of books over there, you can have them for a tenner. Anyway, get it home, take them out, and at the bottom of this box was these letters. Revealing local stories. Dear Mr French, I am very sorry to have to write to you and inform you that your dear son was killed in action on June the 15th. The story of World War One at home continues today from midday here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Good to hear um, Paul Scoynes getting a little bit of acting work there. He's the only other posh person we've got in the office, isn't he? Tony Fisher is the posh man, Paul Scoynes is the posh boy. Mm. That's how it works. Now, this morning, um, I have no idea why, I cannot remember, but we're asking people to phone in and give me the horn. Uh, Catherine, you gave me the horn this morning. (laughs) I'm going to give you the horn. Mine's kind of like a... Beep, beep. It's, it's kind of quite tepid. And Joe Letchworth was a... <laughs> well, uh, Jeff has called in. Jeff, can you give me the horn? Beep. Sorry? Oh, that sounds a bit constant. Well, do, you, do, do you drive like an old uh, the, the, the electric buggy or something? No, it's a, it's a, mine's a small, um, I think, metropolitan car. Can I mention the name and make? Oh, it's, you know, it's, uh, yes, you can. The Toyota Yaris. You buy a Japanese car, would you, Jeffrey? Uh, well, third hand, yeah. You buy a Japanese car? Yeah, well... You, why, would, well why wouldn't you buy something that's at least vaguely associated with Britain? I thought that's what you would have done. Well, like an Indian car called Jaguar. Yeah, sure, why not? We used to own <laughs> India. We ne- we've never owned Japan, as far as I'm aware. America did for a few or, years, or, but not us. Or a German car called um, Rolls-Royce or... Etc, uh... etc, etc, et ad infinitum. Now, BBC Introducing is a show here on BBC Three Counties Radio that supports unsigned... Uh, you all right? Yeah, fine. And undiscovered musicians from Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Each week we play a song that our introducing show has been supporting. Uh, This track is by Corey from Buckinghamshire. It's called Arrows and it sounds like this.
in that case I shall uh, that's Corey uh, the song is called Arrows and Corey's from Buckinghamshire excellent stuff indeed uh, Justin Dealey what do you reckon Just? I've been hit by Cupid's arrow yeah quite like it I'd say what um, 6 out of 10 Okay, fine. Would high praise indeed. High mm. praise indeed. Hey, Justin, you do a show on Saturdays, don't you? I do indeed, yeah. Good luck with that. Thank now, you. Now, uh, oh, no, who, who's on your show this Saturday? Uh, do you know? Tomorrow, I've got Tina Charles on the programme, who loves to love. Oh. But her baby just loves to dance. He's trying uh, to tell her something. Well, yeah, I could ask <laughs> Catherine, you've got a theory about this. Maybe yeah. he can, I can ask Tina this. Go on. She's barking up the wrong tree. No straight man loves disco that much. That's all I'm saying. We well, think that her baby may be gay. I, I would beg to differ. I would say straight men do love discos that much. Really? But she Just loves say. to love and she's trying to trap him into loving her and mm. he has to go off and, you know, do the shuffle. Or I love to love. Yeah. But my baby just loves to dance. Woo! That yeah. is that is a message, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Do you know what? what Catherine, that record, oh, d- Catherine's prancing around like uh, God knows what. I'm when demonstrating that, what he's doing. Yeah. Left to, when that record went number one, she came back home and her bath was was full of roses that people had sent her. How did they? How did they get in the bath? Well, her manager had the key to the house. He put all the flowers that she got into the bath. She came back. She couldn't get a bath. All the flowers were in the bath. My mum does that when she goes on holiday with pot plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, Kat, the reason we got Justin on is because we, we uh, before the show, we kind of primed him for a little something. What have we yeah. got for him? The films that uplift you the most. There's a uh, survey done by some insurance company, but <laughs> apparently, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John's fantastic and yet strange thing Greece because yeah. they were like what 30 yeah teenage sweethearts it's like in happy days the Fonz was, was in his 40s wasn't he yeah. by the end really, of it they'd be letters home wouldn't they yeah. to parents yeah. if they were hanging around with them anyway their musical romance as high school sweethearts has made Greece the film we we turned to for a pick me up women uh, voted that that dirty dancing and mamma mia nobody puts baby in a corner <laughs> you know I I think when Harry meets Sally, but I can't believe it's not in there. Back to the Future, Do Toy it. Story, and Shrek chosen by men. Do it. Mm. What? Do that. Do no, when Harry met that. Sally. Go on. No, no, no. Do it. Not doing that. I don't think Toy Story's not uplifting. Toy Story's heartbreaking, as it makes us question our existence and what is life. If you're under about the age of seven, yeah, you think it's fun. Yeah. Everyone else knows different. You're in your 30s or your 40s. Man, it's over. Just, we asked you to go out and speak to people about this. Have you got anything for us? Yes, um, this report's got issues, uh, a few issues. Um, First of all, it's uh, it's raining this morning. And B... I'm I'm not concerned about the rain, mate. It's your job. A lot of people saying to me, oh, yeah, dirty dancing. But then, oh, no, no, I can't say that on the microphone because I'm a man. No, yes, you can. Listen, I love dirty dancing. I also like the doolies, Okay, I've said that live across beds, hearts and bucks. But um, (laughs) I've got a couple to get you going here. Uh, Here's people on their feel-good movies. Dean, two questions for you. A, do you like McQuiff? Yes. And B, what's your number one feel-good movie? It is super bad. It's got to be super bad because it just makes me laugh. It's just non-stop funny from start to finish. It's got to be one of my favourite films. So when you're feeling down, you go home, you get the DVD player and you put that straight in. It always makes me smile. (laughs) Super bad will always make me smile. Angelica, what's your number one feel-good movie? Dangerous Minds with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer because it shows me what may happen if you are not educated enough if you want to uh, take a control of your life. That's why it's feel good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like your answer, thank you. Does, does, thank you. does she understand? Does she understand what feel good means? Mm, apparently, it's feel good for those reasons. So I think you know, um, on the basis of the first hour's reporting on yeah. this big issue today, I think those answers, to be quite honest, and it's rare I put my work down, but um, I think those answers are quite poor. I think we can do a lot better. Superbad is a very, very funny film. Mm. Is it, is it a really f- a feel good, uplifting film though? Uh, my mine is um, Happy Gilmore, the good Adam. Sandler film. Oh, it makes 
makes me laugh. Haven't seen it. Oh, sorry. it's, it's uh, all right. Yeah, Don't get it. What, what's yours then? Cocktail, Top Gun. <laughs> Is it White Chicks? <laughs> <laughs> That's the film where two black men dress up as two white women, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. Love it. Okay, Catherine? Harry Met Sally. Harry Met Sally. Love it. Mm. I also like Napoleon Dynamite, but I don't know why. Yeah, that's a Just good film. Have you got that on DVD? Yeah, yeah. Oh, can I borrow it? Of course you can. Do you still want to borrow Yentl? Yeah, go on. And I'll bring in um, The uh, Grizzly Man next week, which is not it's a feel-good a film. It's about a man getting eaten by a bear. Justin, mm. while you're doing that, and I know you've got, you're very busy this morning, yeah. could you do a little um, sideline for us? Yeah. Can you get people to um, give you the horn? Yeah. What, what, as in what, horn impressions, or just give me the horn? Yeah, so they give you their horn. They do an impression of their horn. Uh, Catherine, give oh. just... Uh, mine goes... OK, mine probably goes... Uh. I bet you 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 would love, wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> you'd love that, wouldn't you? Oh, I would. Very mad. We sent. This is going to be the, the the job that gets you the job uh, on. Um, I don't know, Panorama or Newsnight or something. Yeah, looking forward to going it. Going out and asking people to give you the horn. It's the big audition. <laughs> Justin, speak to you later. Thanks, boss. Ta ta. I would never say this to his face. Mm. He's good, isn't he? He's really good. He's good. Makes me laugh. Yeah. It, not necessarily for the right reason. It, well, I was going to say, it, particularly when it's not actually intended, but he's good. Catherine, thank you very much. Go back into there and order Ollie to stop texting his mates and playing uh, Angry Birds and instead to make a coffee. That's Those are the right instructions. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, one lane is closed between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware after an accident. Queues building up on the approach on the speed sensors there. And the N25 anti-clockwise also building up at Junction 20 for Kings Langley. On public transport, First Capital Connect and South Eastern have possible delays and cancellations between St Albans and St Pancras after overrunning engineering works. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. It's interesting, isn't it? We put a few things out uh, this morning, including phone up with your car horn impressions and what should we, let's get rid of the point in Milton Keynes. We've had more people phoning up with their car, car horn impressions than we've had who want to save the point. I guess then the argument is no one wants to save the point. We'll get rid of it then, shall we? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Hertfordshire serial killer to be sentenced today. Funding boost to aid dementia sufferers. An aircraft to be unveiled in Bedfordshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Dennehay grew up in Harpenden, attending Roundwood Park School. More from you and Duncan. Joanna Dennehy, who's originally from Harpenden, pleaded guilty to the murders and fired other charges. She's due to be sentenced along with two men accused of helping her dispose of the victims' bodies and another accomplice who admitted sheltering Dennehy when she was on the run. It emerged during earlier court hearings that 31-year-old Dennehy of Orton Goldhay near Peterborough has been diagnosed with three personality disorders. The Department of Health has announced a £90 million package to improve the diagnosis and care of people with dementia. Leading British businesses have agreed to train nearly 200,000 staff in how to 
to support customers with the condition. The chief executive of Alzheimer's UK is Jeremy Hughes. What this initiative will mean is when people go to an Argos store or an M&S store, they know that the staff will be supportive. They know that there's someone who will actually think, hang on a minute, why is that person having a bit of trouble? Why are they getting confused about their change? Oh dear, they've forgotten their PIN number. Let me help sort it out and help them remember that they've put their, their card somewhere or that they don't quite know what they're doing at that precise moment. Teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again, according to official statistics. In beds, hearts and bucks, there are 250 fewer pregnant under 18-year-olds than three years ago. At the same time, there are more women aged over 35 becoming pregnant. The energy regulator Ofgem says the big suppliers have accumulated more than £400 million from customers whose accounts were in credit when they moved house or switched to other companies. Ofgem has described the figure as unacceptably high. BBC News understands that it's calling on the suppliers to return the money. The world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best-selling rock stars. The hybrid air vehicle at Cardington Hangars looks like a giant airship. Iron Maiden lead singer, businessman and airline pilot Bruce Dickinson says the aircraft is a game-changer in transportation. We can lift enormous weights at very, very low speeds with this and then accelerate hugely in a hugely fuel-efficient way, cruising about 100 miles an hour, but you're doing it for three and a half days with 50,000 kilos of payload on board. It's Thunderbird 2. It's a roll-on, roll-off ferry that flies that doesn't need a runway. In sport, Tottenham are through to the last 16 of the Europa League after beating the Ukrainian side Dnipro 3-1 to go through 3-2 on aggregate. The weather cloudy and feeling cold with outbreaks of rain affecting most parts during the day and a chilly northeasterly wind developing, a maximum temperature 7 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. I need a word with you, Mr Oxley. Go on. You and uh, Justin Daly have been running around the office all week like excited, headless chickens uh, because Luton Town are, are doing all right for mm. the first time in ages. Okay, and they, they've I've, fourteen it, points clear, and it's something like seventeen goals in the last three games. That's it. Yeah. See, you came the bug. You see, I, you're getting, you're getting on, you. no, I'm not getting the bug. Well, I just well, wish I you two you would stop banging on about it. But uh, Justin hasn't been for a while. He's going Saturday. Mm. You said something in the week along the lines of they cannot mess this up. Haven't you both just given them the kiss of death? Well, possibly, but they they can't they can't possibly mess it up. You, you, so your your prediction is they well, how does it work? They get promoted to a decent league. Is that uh, what they it? go back to the football league? Yeah, they're in the they're in non league. Oh blimey! At and the moment, so they'll go back to the football league. And you're confident that's going to happen? Ninety nine point nine percent. Would you like to put a, uh, five pounds on that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ooh, all right, fine. That's, there's there's a fiver on it. Yeah. I look I look forward to spending it. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. <laughs> Five quid up already! Loving it! What are you shaking your head you for? You really know nothing about football. What? Because it's it's the dodgiest bet ever. No, it's He's, not! You might as well just give it to him now. You, you watch. Daly's going this weekend. They are going to lose 3-0. That's my prediction. Luton Town will lose... Who are they playing? Manchester United, the Arsenal or someone? OK, don't shrug your shoulders as though you're bored with that conversation. You're doing thinking of the five pounds that Simon's going to be spending. Yeah. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. We kind of got that feeling, I'm afraid. So do bear with us if we're slightly more... They're playing Stoke! Stoke are going to cream them! Is Stoke a football team? I don't know. Lots to talk about this morning. 
We can mainly sum it all up in three questions. What turns a nice girl from Harpenden into a serial killer? What's stopping our teenagers getting pregnant? And also, what's the point of the point? Tatty, old... I drove past it uh, last week, two weeks ago. It's embarrassing, isn't it? Once upon a time, it was the future. Now, it is very much the past. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Otherwise, they go somewhere else. Or give me a phone call, please. We've got one, two, three lines free. So now is an excellent time to call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A Harpenden woman who last year stabbed three men to death and attempted to kill two more is due to be sentenced today. You would have seen this on the front pages of lots of the newspapers over the last couple of weeks. Joanna Dennehy sparked a nationwide manhunt when the bodies of her victims were found dumped in ditches across Cambridgeshire. The court heard she'd bragged to killing eight more, although there's no evidence of that being true. We can talk now to Dr Louise Westmoreland, who's a uh, senior lecturer in criminology at the Open University. Morning, Louise. One of the reasons I found this story so shocking is because it's a woman. It's unusual, isn't it? Very unusual, yes, very unusual. I don't don't think I can think of a similar one uh, for many, many years. What would what I mean is that uh, do, do women go on killing sprees for different reasons than men? What would make someone like this do this? Well, the thing is, they're so rare, it's hard to categorise, you know. I mean, I suppose the last person that we might think of would might be Rose West. Mm. Um, and she would, was, well, was said, although we can never really know the truth of these relationships, was said to be under the control of, of Fred West. Um, usually, there is some male connection when these things happen, or at least there's some explanation of a male connection, you know, so under the control of a man or having been abused by a man or something like that. I mean, in this case, we're still waiting to hear, really. But yeah. we, we... It, she, it, it said that, that one of the reports I, I read was that she used... Um, uh, we've got young ears listening, so I'll tread carefully. She used well, her sexual wiles to, to get people to do what she wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's often a way of... You know, we, that's often a way of explaining these cases. It's a bit... It's, it's, you know, to use a big long word, it's a bit it's a bit like what they call double jeopardy. So you're sort of offended against you know, against society and humanity, you know, by, by murdering someone or, or more than one person in this case. Um, but you've also offended against society's norms of mm. being a woman, you know, that's the, the sort of the way that that's being explained. So to explain that we've got to have some way of saying, Oh right, okay, so she, it must have been like about sex or it must have been about you know, some of the things that we probably don't want to talk about, as mm. you say, on, on live radio. But It seems as well, if, if we believe what we've read in the papers, that she enjoyed the notoriety. She enjoyed seeing reports of her crimes on, uh, on the news. Is that a common factor of killers? Well, they do say that that's one of the factors about serial killers. Not normally of single killers, but um, serial killers uh, are often said to collect newspaper clippings and reports of of what they've done and, you know, get some gratification from the notoriety of that. Um, You know, I've got got to say, I don't know whether that's true in this case, because obviously I don't know the Mm. insides of this case, but certainly in the, you know, the the big well-known cases when they've they've trolled back over them, part of the 
the kick has been about about Nasrati. I mean, I suppose, you know, if you look at a lot of people, um, if you ask them what they want, they, you know, especially younger people, a lot of them say they want to be famous or they want celebrity. Mm. I'm not saying that this is an advisable route to go down to obtain that, but um, it is something that commonly people people do want. Yes, it's hardly going for the X Factor auditions, is it? It's slightly <laughs> more extreme than that. Do you think that someone like this can, can ever feel remorse for what they've done? Ever be aware of the impact they've had on other people's lives? Well, it depends. I mean, again, I don't really know the inside story. <clears throat> Certainly, um, a lot of serial killers that have been studied in the past have personality disorders, and I've got no idea whether that's the, that's true in this case, but certainly people with personality disorders, psychopaths, sociopaths, and so on, no, they never will feel any remorse. And that's maybe one of the things that has led to them committing the crime in the first place, because they don't have the normal sort of checking, um, you know, things that stop them doing things like, you know, the rest of the so-called normal population do. What makes women violent, Louise? Well, that's, that's a big question, isn't it? I mean, I think, you know, it's, like, it's a bit like saying what, what makes the sky blue. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of different reasons. One of the, one of the more common explanations for women who, 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 who kill, particularly kill their partners in, um, in, in domestic situations is that they've suffered, you know, maybe years and years and years of abuse. Um, don't see many ways out. They've maybe left their partner a couple of times, have been stalked by them. See, the only way out is, is, is you know, being threatened to have their children take from them they've got no economic means to, to leave their partner um and they you know in the end they just snap and think well this is my only this is my only way out um or become become you know so sort of um depressed and terribly d- disturbed by the continuous abuse that in the end um, they kill. That's the most common explanation for women's violence. What I find interesting about this story, and if I, I think I've got this right, uh, the, obviously Joanna Dennehy killed these people, but her sister, I think, was, is in the army. It was, it was in the army. It, it's almost like... Um, the, 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 how, how, how can I phrase this? Her mm. sister has kind of channeled her aggression into a uh, inverted commas, positive outlet, and, and Joanna didn't seem to have that discipline. Yeah, but they're two, you know, they're two completely different people. You know, you can't say, you know, I'm completely different to my sister. If you've got siblings, you may be completely different to them. Yes. You know, you can't necessarily say that, you know, just because they're two sisters, they're going to be violent in different ways or have aggression that they channel in different ways. I mean, I'm sure when we hear the case today, we'll find out more. Um, we'll probably have a you know report on her her condition, and um, we might know more about her. Louise, I really appreciate your time this morning. That's uh, Dr. Louise Westmoreland, who's a senior lecturer in criminology at the Open University. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Here comes Ollie, here comes Ollie with a lovely cup of coffee. Thank you, Ollie. Oh, sir. Thank you very much indeed. You didn't bow deep enough. Sorry. So try again. Thank you. Now, out. Ollie's back. He's been demoted. He's been, since he, he used to be work experience, Ollie, here, yeah. a long time ago. Then he got a proper job. There's another Ollie now as well, have you noticed? I know there's... There, and, uh, proper Ollie, and, we call uh, him Proper pro- Ollie. Who's Proper Ollie? The other one. <laughs> Our Ollie is training Proper Ollie. Yeah. It's awesome. But I'm very proud of Ollie. He's gone off and he works, he works on... Um, you work on, on decent shows now, don't you, Ollie? Wow. What, what kind of shows are you working on? I am going to be the new producer of the Black and Asian shows. As of next Monday the onwards. Black and, on a Sunday, oh, Ian. On what station? The, the, 
this this one. It doesn't. It doesn't just. It's not just Monday to Friday. This station. But really? Yeah, we do weekends as well. Wow. Black, the Black Elation Show. Fantastic. Yeah, well, that's great. Check it out. So why are you here with us today? Have you, have you been naughty? Have, 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 have the boss is trying to teach you a lesson. Yeah, it's punishment. I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is punishment. And uh, but well done, you. Good work. Uh, should we have a quick look at some of the front pages of the newspapers? Yus Lutz. Yas Lutz. You've been South African again. You, uh, how do I say slide in South Africa? Slad. I want to go on the slad. Papa, I want to go on the slad. You sound um, like Peter Andre. <laughs> we have to watch. Uh, the, the Mr Peabody and Sherman is a really good um, kids film. Some great kids films at the moment. Frozen, that uh, and the Lego movie. But Mr., the theme tune from Mr Peabody and Sherman is sung by Peter Andre. Oh. And we have to... Is it the one where he sounds a bit like someone else? Yeah. Like Bruno Mars. Yeah. Since you can't, I, don't even know, I don't even know it. I've blocked it out of my mind. Uh, my ears have been abused mm-hmm. by Andre. No, I heard it the other day and I thought it was Bruno Mars. We have to watch it again and again and again on YouTube. That flipping song. It's not even a very good song or a very good video. Rubbish, in fact, I would say. We have to watch it over and over again so peter andre this weekend i'm going to find where you live and i'm going to do something in a sock and then push it through your letterbox i'm going to do a dealy i haven't got time to look at the papers now because of that (laughs) (laughs) i haven't got time to look at the papers now because of that isn't that shocking behavior but um i have got time to uh, play this i i as a long lifelong uh, actually i can say that uh, resident of milton Keynes. um of the personal opinion that the point is rather looking quite tired. There we go, you see. We, Paul Scoynes doesn't like the point. We'll be talking about the point later on. When are we doing about 10 to 8? Yes. What is the point of the... What was the, It was a cinema. It was a cinema. Yeah, it used to go down into it. And it looked... I remember seeing it as a kid when my, my nan lived here. It looked it looked incredibly futuristic. It did. It looked like something out of Blade Runner. But now it's like, it's like St Paul's in London. When St Paul's Cathedral was built, it looked incredibly futuristic, wonderful, beautiful. Now it looks really old-fashioned, but good old-fashioned, and it's dwarfed by everything. It's become a hidden gem, yeah. whereas the point's just become hidden. Exactly, with good reason. What should we do with the point? Can you phone up and defend the point? There are people that love it passionately. Because I know we've mentioned this on the show before. We had lots of people phone up. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. It's great. We're talking like that. Don't know why I was doing that voice. Can you phone up and defend the point? Or are you, like me, thinking, it was great. It's had its day. Let's take it down. Let's teach it a lesson. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London bound, there was an early accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware. Queues still in place on the sensors, though, at the moment. Also, the M1 London bound building up between Junction 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. The M25 anti-clockwise looking slow between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On public transport, First Capital Connect and South Eastern have possible delays and cancellations between St Albans and St Pancras because of overrunning engineering works. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.16, it's Friday the 28th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Dennehy grew up in Harpenden, attending Roundwood Park School. The world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best-selling rock stars. The hybrid air vehicle at Cardington Hangars is being promoted by Iron Maiden lead singer Bruce 
Bruce Dickinson. And in sport, Simon Oxley is going to owe me £5 at the end of the season when Luton failed to go up to the next football league tier thing. The weather, cloudy and feeling cold with outbreaks of rain affecting most parts during the day and a chilly north-easterly wind developing. Maximum temperature, 7 degrees. BBC Three Counties Radio. The BBC Three Counties Radio Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks is coming back. This is BBC Three Counties Radio live in Leighton Buzzard. We're in the library. Come and say hello. Back to where you live. I think it's a fabulous old town. It's got heart. It's got character. The Big Tour returns next week on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's have a quick look at the newspapers now. I think we, uh, we have a moment to, do, to look at at least some of them. The Guardian revealed GCHQ intercepted webcam images from millions of Yahoo users. The shocking thing about this story is not that GCHQ intercepted webcam images. The shocking thing is that Yahoo's still got millions of users. I didn't know those guys were going. What's the point? I was, um, uh, a, a while ago, was involved in a corporate event for Microsoft. This is quite a while ago. And I talked during the event, I was hosting it, and I said, okay, guys, well, here's something. You can go and Google this. And you could see all the Microsoft people getting really upset. And afterwards, I came off and and I said, why are you so upset? You said, Google, Microsoft has its own uh, web browser called Bing. You should have said you can Bing it. I didn't know Microsoft had a web web browser they could use. I didn't know. Sometimes I get that and I go, no, I want Google. I don't know why. (laughs) Do you know, and this is a fact. This is a fact. The most searched thing on Bing is... Google. It's Google. Yeah, because you go, what's this? Yeah, I, I want to Google it. And it's the most searched thing is Google. So I guess those guys failed. Um, let's have a quick look at... Uh, all the papers are all over the shop today. What have you done to my papers, Catherine? Did you read that thing about um, some Yahoo webcams apparently being hacked by the security service? <laughs> Frankly, they deserve what they see, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I read it about 45 seconds ago on the radio. Oh, right, yeah. Well, I was listening intently, but I'm still appalled. <laughs> You just did a funny face as well. I always do funny faces. Doesn't work very well on the web. Uh, the right Times here. has a picture of. Uh, well, it looks. This is a great picture of David Cameron. It looks like he's going in for the snog with Merkel. It looks like he's going in for the. He's doing the European two kisser, isn't he? What on the lips? Not on the lips. That's awkward. Are there any countries that do the kiss on the lips? There must. There must be the like Greeks went fa- straight for the face. They, well, they go for the face, and they do. A, they man do a, on man. They do a wet kiss. It's a. It's a, a, a wet kiss on the cheek from a man, but it's not on the lips. The, but it's probably something. They like, actually make contact. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've lived in France and Spain, and it tends to be an air kiss. It's cheeks, cheeks. Oh no, it's it's the lips. It's mm-hmm. the lips of the Greeks. And boy, oh boy, was my mind blown the first time that happened. It's nice though. It's an icebreaker. Oh, it's oh, it it, it, it breaks the ice at parties certainly. Um, sell danger drugs on the high street, says Minister. Hang on a second. Anger at plan to regulate legal high market. Dangerous legal highs that mimic the effect of heroin and other Class A drugs will be sold in licensed high street shops under plans being considered by ministers. What's the problem with that? They're legal, so what's the problem? 
There's no problem, is there? They're legal highs. The drugs, typically psychoactive substances made in laboratories in China and India, were linked to... Ah, here's the problem. Were linked to 68 deaths in Britain in 2012. There's the problem. But if they're legal... But cigarettes, how many people are killed by cigarettes? How many people are killed by booze every year? You can go to, you can go to an offie and buy them. Why not go to an offie and buy um, um, Carty Clatt or um, ben, Benzo Nostrine? Is that what's that? Have you just made that up? Benzo Fury, that's it. Benzo Fury and Carty Clatt. If we rewind to the beginning of that article, it said they mimic heroin. So what? They're heroin substitutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well then, what's the right? Okay. What's the what? What's the problem? Are they going to be used in treating people? I'm yeah, making notes. I wait four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to uh, give me a call. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about the Dennehy case uh, a little bit later on. The reason we're so interested in it is because she's a woman. But should we be surprised that a woman is capable of violence? Well, maybe you've been the victim of a violent partner. Did her gender make it more difficult to speak up? There is that kind of thing, isn't it? That well, I've spoken to men who have been abused by their partners physically. Uh, that There's kind of... Uh, um, and this is not to in any way denigrate uh, women victims of violence, but there's, there's kind of a lot of shame around it, a lot of embarrassment, because it's a woman beating a bloke up, and that's not the natural way. Because it's not someone who is physically stronger necessarily. Sometimes they are physically stronger and the man somehow feels he should be able to defend himself. But he won't because he's got principles. This is the thing. They're showing self-control by not fighting back sometimes, these men. If uh, if you're a gentleman and you've been the victim of uh, a violent partner, 08459 455555. Now, teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again. That's according to official statistics published this week. In Beds, Hearts and Bucks, there were 250 fewer pregnant under 18-year-olds than three years ago. The estimated number of conceptions for women uh, under 18 was down by 10% nationally, while some regions of the three counties showed even better results, including Hertfordshire, with a drop of 27%. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey has been speaking to teenage mums. Well, Amy, you're here with your three-year-old child today. When did you fall pregnant? 16. Was it planned at all? No, no, not planned. So when you went to your parents and you told them the news, what did they say to you? Uh, they didn't believe me at first. And then obviously she came to scan with me. And that was it. How has it affected your life? You have to grow up quickly, take responsibility for the kids, and forget about yourself sometimes. And did you think when you fell pregnant that it was going to, to ruin your life being pregnant at such an early age? Yeah, I knew it would ruin my life. Nothing you could do about it once you're pregnant, no, is there? So you're saying it has ruined your life? Yeah, there's, no, there's loads of things that I could be out doing, but... Well, how can you say that with that little smile? You can't say that he's ruined your life, can you? No, Come on. not ruined in a horrible way, but... Obviously there's things that I could have done before I had him. What would you have done had you have not had little Sean here? We working, going to college or something, don't know. And other friends of yours, do they also fall pregnant during their teenage years? Yeah, most of my friends... So, Paige, you're 20 now. You fell pregnant when you were 19 years old. Tell us how that's affected your life. Um, it's made me more, more independent. Um, gave me quite a bit more confidence. Was it planned? No. No, it wasn't planned. <laughs> but it's not something you look back on now and think, what a mistake that was. It's, it's ruined my life. No, I'm quite happy. I went through with it now, yeah. Now, Sky, you're 24. You've got four children already. When did you have your first child? 18 years old. 18 years old. Yeah. How did you cope at 18 years old having a child? It was hard, but I got on with it. I had my family and friends to support me. So just get on with it. It's hard. It is really hard. Was it a choice that you made or was it an accident, let's say? It, was, it, was a, it wasn't planned, no. No, none of my children were planned. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so, glad they're here. And I went changing for the world and 
like when they've grown up and like go to nursery now I can get on with my life. Um, hands up who's shocked by that first mum. Hands up who's shocked by that. Oh yeah, ruined my life. Not in a horrible way. What's the good way of ruining your life? I could be going out. That's incredible, isn't it? That's an incredible thing. There's nothing you can do when you're pregnant. Well, there are. It's also the talk of, I'm glad I went through with it. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't sound like a joyous thing, did it? Didn't sound like an easy thing. Dear me. I'm shocked by that. Sorry. But anyway, I'm joined now by Conservative Councillor Richard Roberts, who's lead for children's services at Hertfordshire County Council. Richard, I've, I've got to just throw that, that comment from that young lady that shocked me. It ruined my life having a baby. What, what's your take on that? Good morning, Ian. Well, I think the difficulty is, isn't it, for, for, for Amy there, who was 16 when she fell pregnant. What a shock. I mean, mm. she's, she's still a child, really, at yep, 16, yep. isn't she? And I suppose that's the... Um, that's why you just don't want uh, young girls falling pregnant, because it, they're too young to deal with the, the full impact, the full implications of what they've got to deal with. They should be going out there and having fun and uh, going to college and uh, getting ready for work and all of that sort of experience, rather than having to cope with bringing up a child at an early age. These are great figures across the country, incredible figures for Hertfordshire. For, for years it's been the problem, you know, we, we talked about on this kind of show, teenage pregnancies. Why, why the change? What's happening? Well, I think, you know, all, all credit to the last government, 1998, they said, we cannot have teenage pregnancy in this country 50% higher than the rest of Europe. Absolute nonsense. And that was when we, uh, right across the country, uh, started to, to take uh, the, the whole issue very seriously. Um, and, and in Hertfordshire, that drop has been nearly 50%. So we're back with, it, with our European neighbours, and, and, in, and in Hertfordshire, the drop has been greater than anywhere else in the country. So, well, not anywhere else, but it's, it's just it's very good. 21% drop since 2011, and a 46% drop since 1998. So that means there's actually less than 400 um, uh, young, young people, uh, young women, getting pregnant now under 18 per year. What about certain hotspots, towns such as Stevenage and Broxbourne? What are you doing to target the problem there? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think in every district there are hotspots. Uh, we shouldn't just pick on Stevenage, Stevenage and Broxbourne, but they are, they are particularly high, high areas there. Uh, and, um, and, and certainly uh, they're areas that are, are above the national average. So that's where, we should, um, our, um, that's where we should really target our efforts. So you have your universal services. Make sure that... Um, that if through the youth services, GPs, the children's centres, the Thriving Families programme, all of them schools, lots of uh, universal services, but where there's hot spots, let's get in there and do some more detailed work. There seems to be a trend, doesn't there, Richard, of, of, of women uh, over th- more women over 35 becoming pregnant. Is that down to a change in lifestyle, do you think? Well, I suppose that's... And, you know, for older women having children, um, the prospects for the children are so much better as well. And coming back to the teenage pregnancy, the reason we don't want um, um, uh, young mums to have children is that there is a higher infant mortality. They're generally coping on their own, which is more difficult. And for the older mums, of course, they've got their careers, they've got their jobs, they've probably got the stability in their lives. That's when you want them to be having children. Richard, thanks very much for your time. Can I I'm going to just throw a complete curveball at you as we've got you on? We're, we're talking this morning about feel-good films. As I think Greece has been voted as the number one feel-good film. I, film I can't stand in the slightest. <laughs> what, what film works for you, Richard? If you're feeling a bit low, what, what DVD do you put on that, that always seems to do the trick? 
Well, well, for us, and I'd, I'd have to, uh, I'd have to include my wife here. So long as it's got Meg Ryan in, that's a feel-good film. Oh, <laughs> are you being told to say that? No, not at all. Richard, thank you very much indeed. Conservative councillor Richard Roberts, lead for children's services at Hertfordshire County Council. And I think, Catherine, you can back me up on this. I think that's the first ever Conservative we've had on that's not started it by going. Well, it all stu- the, the problem lies with the. He came on and said, "Well, you've got to give credit to the last government." I don't think I've ever heard. He's not been processed, has he's he? Not, he's not. He's not been on the, the net. He'll get told off today. That's not how you. Stu- Thank you for that, Richard. We'll, we'll get him on again. I enjoyed that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Lots of uh, lots of heavy stuff. We're talking about uh, um, if you're uh, if you've been a victim of violence at the hand of a uh, hands of a woman. Also, kind of slightly flippant stuff. It almost seems disrespectful to go from, from that to the other, but that's kind of the nature of this show. Feel good films, and can you phone up and do an impression of your car horn? I know, I know, there was no gentle, sensitive way of going between them. I just had to do it. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still queues on the M1 London bound after an earlier accident. Those queues now going between junction 6A for the M25 to 4 for Edgware. Also looking heavy between junction 10 for Luton Airport and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On the speed sensors in Harpenden, the high street looking very slow in both directions around Station Road. And on public transport, First Capital Connect and South Eastern have possible delays and cancellations between St Albans and St Pancras. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Denahay grew up in Harpenden attending Roundwood Park School. Teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again, according to official statistics. In Beds, Hearts and Bucks, there are 250 fewer pregnant under-18-year-olds than three years ago. And the world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best-selling rocks stars. The hybrid air vehicle at Cardington Hangars looks like a giant airship and is being promoted by the Iron Maiden lead singer Bruce Dickinson. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham are through to the last 16 of the Europa League after beating the Ukrainian side Dnipro 3-1 to go through 3-2 on aggregate. They'll face Benfica next, but Swansea are out after losing 3-1 away to the Italian side Napoli. Tomorrow, Watford are waiting on the fitness of Fernando Forestieri for the visit of Blackpool in the Championship, but Lewis McGugan, Fitz Hall and Alman Abdi remain out. MK Don's injury problems continue ahead of the League One home game against Sheffield United. Manager Carl Robinson will be without Stephen Gleeson and possibly Ben Reeves as well. I don't think anybody could have coped with the with the problems that we've had. Um, but you're talking in the in the treatment room at the moment, you've got Lee Hodgson who's an international, you've got Ben Reeves who's just got on the mat and a full squad as well. Uh Darren Potter and Stephen Gleason who are arguably two of the the best midfield players in the league. 
so it's it's a very very difficult position to be in um, unless it wasn't for them two loans late last week we wouldn't have been able to even put a bench out Stevenage could have John Massinho back in the squad for the trip to Bradford in League 2 Wickham are at South End and Luton captain Ronnie Henry believes the Hatters could do what his old club Stevenage did and achieve back-to-back promotions if they go up from the conference Luton host Alfreton tomorrow Henry's been comparing his two teams both great sides to be honest yeah. we had both done exactly what what we needed to do with Stevenage we went up from the conference and went straight up again there's no reason why if we do it here we can't go up straight again as well so it'd be, it'd be good England's cricketers bid to put their Australian nightmare behind them today as they start a three match one day series in the West Indies the first match in Antigua starts at 1.30 our time and Great Britain have won their first gold medal at the Track Cycling World Championships in Colombia with Hertfordshire's Laura Trott helping them to the women's team pursuit title BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at 8 on FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 555 is the telephone number. Got some texts here. Uh, feel good film. Uh, the Birdcage, the English or the French version, says Janet. Um, Carrie Watford says, The Silver Linings Playbook is my new feel good film. Moving the Breakfast Club to second place. The Silver Linings Playbook. It sounds like a girl... It sounds like a girls' film. It really... The Lego movie is going to be my new favourite. Um, have you seen the Lego movie? Oh, it's, it's brilliant. It is so... I, I, I'm not being sponsored by them, honest. It's such a good film. Such a good film. Kay's uh, texted in uh, from Milton Keynes, 81333, starting her text 3CR, talking about teenage pregnancies. I was 18 when I had my first child. I was lucky, I guess. I had my own place. Having my son gave me a spring in my step and boosted my ambition. I then went on to achieve my A-levels. I've had two other children since, and I'm the manager of a well-established charity, and my children are all on the road to success themselves. Give us a call uh, if you got pregnant as a teenager. Did it? affect your life just we'll, we'll play a clip a bit later on of a young lady that justin spoke to who got pregnant i think at 16 she says it ruined her life she had the little boy there little three-year-old boy with her it ruined my life she then qualified it by saying oh but not in a bad way but it ruined my life isn't that heartbreaking if that's i'm not judging her in the slightest if that's her truth if that's her truth and isn't that sad isn't that sad and to be saying that in front of the boy as well, who at the age of three will hear that and it will register at some level. 08459 455 555 is the phone number if you want to give us your stories on that. Meanwhile, the point, the point in Milton Keynes, it's, it was, at the time it was futuristic and it looked cool. The problem is, futuristic cool pro- buildings end up looking dull. Well, it's, it's Milton Keynes Council are considering whether to demolish it or not. We'll be playing a rap song by Jason. He spells the A with a four. You know, like a car number plate. He's written a song about it. We'll play that a bit later on. I kind of got to agree with him. Get rid of it. Get rid of Peter and Wolverton. Let's get rid of the point. Uh, good morning, Ian. Please be with you, brother. Good morning, Peter. Thank you very much. Let's get rid of the point. Well, um... Yes. It, it's very, very debatable, this, because uh, I can remember when it was uh, on its own... Yep. Surrounded by absolutely damn all, the nearest uh, building on the west hand, the west side, was the station down a mile away. Yeah, and um, uh, a film that I uh, can uh, remember was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall, and we came out of the west side entrance. Yes, 
And believe it or believe it not, the sky that we were confronted with was exactly the same colour as the film that we've just seen. That was my... They knew how to market a movie in the 80s, didn't they? Yes, somebody had some uh, brilliant ideas. However, an iconic film that gets me going is The Gladiator, because, number one, it has um, uh, love, passion... It has revenge, it has betrayal, it has camaraderie, it has got everything, and the music that goes with it out of this world. Never seen it. I, I watched the first ten minutes of it, I thought, oh, this is dull. I thought, oh, this is, this is oh, dull. Oh, you Gladiator. Yeah. It's brilliant. Well, no, hang on a minute. It's got uh, Crow in it, yeah. who I cannot stand. And he does really? his usual kind of slightly stilted performance, but I'm it's... Russell It's so good. I'm Russell Crowe, and there's a computer-generated Ollie uh, Reid. Joaquin Phoenix is in it as a delightfully bonkers Caligula-type person. Right, I'm still not going to watch... What are you drinking, Peter? I'm not, I'm not. I'm just chuckling at you two arguing. Oh, Please uh, don't argue. He was great in that, wasn't he, Joaquin? He was absolutely fantastic. He was one of the best villains I think I've ever seen on the set. No. And he does that thing where he gets no. fat throughout the thing as well, where he's no, going getting more and more decadent. No, no. You're, you're, bo- you're both wrong. No, it's brilliant. I tell you what, let's cast the deciding vote to uh, Ollie, who's uh, back from work experience hell. Ollie, Gladiator. It's a great film. You're fired. I'm going to find the music. If it, if it fails to move you, you have no soul. It won't move me. Mm. And I've got, I've got a really big soul. Do you want to yeah. see it? No. Peter, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Always uh, a pleasure. Oh, Peter? Yes? Have you got a car? Uh, I've got a camper van. D- can, you, can you give me the horn? Um, I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a good sport, Peter. Thank you, mate. <laughs> oh, that's made me chuckle, that. As I've more, more than it should have done. Should we have a look at some more papers? You may have guessed, if you're new to this show, welcome. You, you can call in about pretty much anything. We have very... It's not like Jonathan's show. Jonathan's show has standards. Jonathan's show has professionals working on it. Not this show. None of us here. I would say we're all enthusiastic amateurs. All enthusiastic amateurs, so we have no standards. You can call in about pretty much anything. Uh, the Daily Mail. Oh, look, now the phones start going mad. Oh, we can call it. He says we can call in about anything! Quick, let's call! The Daily Mail. Migration soars. Good, says Cable. He mocks PM's failure to control EU influx. Vince Cable taunted the Prime Minister yesterday by saying the government's failure to control immigration was a good thing. But more importantly, Susanna Reid in Love Split. Now her ex is dating online. Sebastian Shakespeare exclusive. Pages 40 and 41. Well, we turn to pages. Lots in the papers about Susanna Reid this morning. A lot saying that her and her, um, her partner... Um, have split up. Father of her three children. Why, why is that interesting? Why, why is that interesting? Why is that in the papers? Why is it in the papers that her, the father of her children is um, doing some online dating? I think that's a little bit cruel, isn't it? We don't need to... He's not a celebrity, is he? Is he anyone famous? Former BBC sports journalist. I think that's sad. The other story in the papers about Susanna Reid, it's in The Sun is uh, that she has apparently... She's signing the deal to go to ITV to present Daybreak, not Daybreak. It's going to be called Good Morning Britain. 
Suddenly it's 1983 and it's Anna Ford, Frost and the Rippon Lady on there. And the hairy man who had to shave his hands, the guy with the moustache, Giles Brandreth with his big comedy jumpers. And who was their pop expert? Who was their pop expert? Paul Gambaccini. Well, it, no, it, it wasn't Gambo. Well, it was Gambo towards the end, but for a long time, Jonathan King. Oh. Yeah, oh, you see. Anyway, Susanna Reid, it looks like she's going to that. I, I, I would say, Susanna, if I still had your phone number, I don't anymore. I would say, don't do it! Yes, they're going to pay you millions of pounds, but it's a sinking ship! It, the ship is not just sinking, it's sunk! You're, it's basically, you're putting on a diver's suit, swimming to a mile beneath the ocean, and presenting a show from the deck of the Titanic! Who, who remembers Christine Blakely? Exactly. Nobody does. Yeah, but that's why you've got to make hay when you're an attractive female presenter, because once those looks start to fade, you're out, love. L- listen, for, for two things. Susanna, Susanna Reid's looks are never going to fade. Uh, and She's also got a brain. That's why it really kills me that this is still happening she, she to She has women. got a brain. She has got a brain. I've met her and uh, I, I know her ever so slightly. And she's a delightful woman. She's funny. She's intelligent. She is beautiful. Uh, and I just I just think you should have st- she could have been queen of the BBC. She could have owned the BBC. And look what they still do to female presenters, though. They still part them next to someone who looks like their dad or their accountant. Someone who looks more sensible, because obviously you yeah. can't wear a dress and be attractive and have a brain. Yeah, as a gentleman who's, who's uh, ageing and uh, greying, I, I, I wholeheartedly support that, uh, that b- b- uh, policy by the BBC. In fact, it's what's happening here, isn't no, it? No, no, I don't look like you. I'm the glamour. What? I hate being used for that. I don't look like your dad. You're, you're two years younger than me. Two? Three tops. Four. You're 36. When are you 37? In August. Okay, I'll give you that. But uh, you look much older than you are. Just wiser. Yeah, I can I can tell by the uh, crow's feet and the wrinkles and the dyed hair. Yeah, Ollie, do you like that, Ollie? This show's got rude. Yeah, hasn't it? Hasn't it just? Uh, the Express. New pill to fight ageing. This is the Express ticks three boxes. If only they could have squeezed Maddie in onto the front page, they would have done everything. New pill to fight ageing. A dog jumping in the snow. And migrants, wonderful, wonderful. Let's go to the uh, the, the the made up story by uh, their health editor, Joe Willie. That's the name. That's the name. How would you pronounce this? W I double L E Y. It's not a Wiley, is it? No. That would be. How would how would you pronounce it, Ollie? Oh, yeah. Can you? How would you pronounce it? Willie. Thank you very much indeed. Can we clip him saying Willie, please? Thanks. Oh, and Kath- uh, uh, Ollie, can you clip? Can you clip Catherine saying Willie, please? Thank you very much. A pill that prevents aging and keeps people healthier for longer is a step closer. Scientists claim last night. No, it's not. It, it, I'll tell you now, it's not. The breakthrough paves the way for a supplement, which could be added to a normal diet to rejuvenate the body. No, it couldn't. It won't. Why? Why are they even putting this on the front page? I'll tell you now, it's nonsense. As people live longer, the body becomes less able to to repair itself. It's called getting old. Um, Now a team at the National Institute on Ageing at the National Institutes of Health in the United States... Oh, right. ...has discovered a promising... A complete and utter balls. The Sun. Exclusive. Sun exposes full horror of paedophile plan. Labour chiefs, it's okay to have sex with ten-year-olds. That's the story. Oscar Pistorius. Oscar Pistorius has got a new girlfriend, a beautiful 19-year-old girlfriend. You kind of think... Mm, 
Maybe wait until the court case is over. Hey, that court case is going to be televised. Man alive, I'm going to be watching that. I'm going to be watching that. Oh, it's awful. A, a horrible story. Terrible story. But let's be honest. Fascinating. It's got everything that we... It's got everything. It's, it's a real showbiz murder trial, isn't it? It's got a beautiful woman gunned down. It's got uh, a millionaire um, sports star. Hero. Sporting hero. It's got a man with no legs. I mean, it, it really... You couldn't, you couldn't write... If you submitted that as a film script... Take that, take that and stick it where the sun don't shine, Buster. I'm not buying that. Is what is the reaction you get? Yeah. It's got everything, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't want to see it. I'll tell you what happens then, shall I? I think I'll know what happens. Mm, I don't think okay. it'll be just you telling me what's happened. Okay, thank you very much. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Give uh, call up and. Um, <laughs> Carpet Martin has tweeted his uh, his favourite films, his feel good films. My top feel good film is Black Hawk Down, followed by Hudson Hawk, followed by Street Hawk the movie. I blooming love hawks, he says. I remember Street Hawk. Street Hawk was the motorcycle version of the Knight Rider. There were several kind of Knight Rider ripoffs, including Street Hawk, Manimal, uh, Auto Man. Auto Man was another favourite of mine. Um, um, yes, and some other bits and pieces. Right, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's exactly a quarter to eight. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound's heavy going after a vehicle broke down between junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 15 for Northampton. It is on the hard shoulder, um, but the speed signs are set to 50, so running a bit slower than usual. The M1 London bound also heavy going between junction 10 for Luton Airport and 8 for Hemel Hempstead. And on the M25, anti-clockwise, very slow between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Also, the A5 southbound looking very slow on the speed sensors as you go through Markgate towards Redbourne. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 7.46, it's Friday the 28th of February, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced to the Old Bailey later on today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Dennehy grew up in Harpenden, attending Roundwood Park School. The world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best, best-selling best rock stars. The hybrid air vehicle at Cardington Hangars is being promoted by Iron Maiden lead singer Bruce Dickinson. I just had a look at a picture of it online. It's massive! It's massive! And in sport, Luton captain Ronnie Henry says Luton could emulate his old club Stevenage and get back-to-back promotions if and when they win the conference this season. The Hatters host Ulfreton tomorrow. I, I think Simon Oxley is abusing his position as uh, writer of these headlines here. He knows he's going to owe me £5 whenever the football season ends. When's that? Like, September? June? I don't know. Uh, let's get the weather now. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
around across the three counties at the moment. Having said that, there are some breaks. Uh, so, for instance, Bletchley and Milton Keynes at the moment, largely dry. But elsewhere, we do have the rain. And there's some heavy bursts actually towards Buckinghamshire just now. High Wycombe, Amersham uh, seeing those. And also there'll be some sleet over the Chilterns as we go through the day today because we'll continue without breaks of rain right the way through until this evening across the three counties. There will be the odd sporadic drier interlude. Uh, don't count on that helping the feel of the weather. It will be cold and grey throughout with highs of just, well, five or six Celsius. And as I say, that rain a little bit sleety over the Chilterns as we go through the day. It all starts to pull away through the night tonight, then a cold night to come. Chilly start to the weekend as temperatures slip down to two degrees. Tomorrow, quite a grey start, but uh, slowly improving through the day tomorrow. Some brighter skies coming through in the afternoon. Uh, sunny or bright spells is what we're looking at for tomorrow afternoon. And dry through the day, six or seven Celsius again. Largely dry on Sunday for the first half of the day. In the afternoon, though, cloud will start to increase and we've got more rain to spread in from the west. Where's the snow? No, 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 no. Yesterday you talked mm. about slushy deposits. Where, yeah. where is it? It didn't happen yesterday. I was, I was no, in my no, garden was all, for... I was in my garden all day with yes. the sledge. Nothing happened. Yes, because it wasn't for yesterday, was it? It was for this morning, potentially. OK, well, where is it now? Well, we've got the heavy rain, which is over the sort of Buckinghamshire Chilterns at the moment. That's not snow. And it's... No, and it's a little bit sleety, which... That's, that's what we were talking about. I mean, that is where we were. Play it back 24 hours. I, because you were no. shouting snow, 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 yeah. snow, snow yeah. at me. That's the impression you gave, Sarah, and there was going to be snow. I was trying to temper you, if you forgive the pun, because I was saying, well, sleep When Can I ask a question? <laughs> yes. When is Elizabeth back? <laughs> I thought it was your favourite yesterday. What happened? Yeah, you lied about snow, Sarah. <laughs> Speak to you later on. <laughs> Saturday from midday, it's all about the food. It's like a disco on your tongue there. It's fantastic. <laughs> Local chef showcasing simple, straightforward dishes you can try at home. Well, it's a dish which has been around since the 18th century. I can imagine it hot with ice cream and almost put in an ice cream. That'd be nice. This is a thick, heavy, lovely, cloying comfort food of a dessert. All mixed in with amazing stories and great music. I'll tell you what, that takes me back to my childhood, that pudding. Mm. That just transported me back to being a kid. Nick Coffer's Weekend Kitchen, Saturdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, yet when I eat on the radio, I get criticised, yet Nick gets a trailer made out of it. Doesn't seem fair, does it? He invites other people in to eat with him. I try and have a cheeky biscuit or a slice of cold pizza. People phone in and tell... Oh, it's disgusting. Oh, but when Nick does it, it's great. Oh, I see, right, Okay. Do you know what? I'm going to do Nick in the car park today. I've decided I'm going to do him. Don't do him. No, I'm going to do him. We need him for the weekend. No, 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 no. I'll I'll do him so he can function as a a, a presenter, but he'll need someone in the studio to do the the faders for him. What are you going to do? I'm going to do him. Do you want in? No, 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 no. Ollie, do you want in? No, come I'll on! We're gonna do coffee. I'm the middle saying, "Leave it; it's not worth it." I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Do, I know because I know, I know what car he drives. I know what he looks like now. I've seen a picture of him. I'm gonna uh, wait, and I'm gonna hide behind the bins in the car park. When he comes in, I'm gonna do him. If you are gonna do him, I would avoid the whisking hand. It's very strong. Oh, he's got, he's a strong he's got whisker. Superhuman strong whisking skills. He's got really good whisking skills. I'm, I might not do him then. I might not do him in that case. Hey, do you remember when the future was a neon pyramid in the centre of Milton Keynes? The point! It was once a thing of wonder when my nan used to live in Milton Keynes. We used to go and see it and it was, it was futuristic, it was exciting. It was the last hurrah in space-age architecture. 
Well, it would seem that uh, it may be on its way out. Milton Keynes Council, next week they're going to consider demolishing it. But many people are desperate for the point to be saved, including a young rap star called Jason. He's used the four, the number four, instead of the letter A in his name. His name looks like a number plate. He's written a song about it. Have a listen. This is straight talk. No long thing. I had to take the point and put it in a song. Things would never be the same if we play the same game as them. Step out the frame. Do we really want the same as them? More high end retail and shopping. While up in my ends, details are shocking. No place for the kids to hang and learn. It's just Xbox education, bang and burn. Community enterprise, big society. I propose a vote to switch up proprietaries. Secure funds and build up a zone. Then bring the point back with a community loan. With a backbone structure of selective heads. With the skills and the knowledge to bring it back from the dead. Reignite the neon lights and make it look so... That's Jason. And you're right, he's singing a, a rap tune about the point in Milton Keynes. There's no point. In taking the point, 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 in taking the point, there's no point. 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 In taking the point, when it was being rapidly developed during the 1980s, and what it still is, which is a new city with good ideas and things that, and doing things that people still want to be done, which is a ni- having a nice place to live. And basically, the point is iconic. Milton Keynes has been very good in a lot of ways in preserving its old history, places like Bradwell Abbey, places like Stony Stratford, places in Newport Pagnell. What it will lack if it demolishes buildings such as the point, which is its only new history, it's going to be there, hopefully, for many years to come, so people can say, yes, this is what Milton Keynes was all about. It was about innovation, it was about saving things, it was about... Small 80s pyramids. Pardon? Well, at the time, it did look innovative, but now Milton Milton Keynes is a fantastic city. It's a wonderful town. I I, I always err on this city thing. It's a fantastic place to live. It's got some amazing buildings, and you're right, it's got some great history about it. But the the, the point, Paul, it looks so shabby. I drove past it a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't believe it. It looks awful now, doesn't it? It doesn't look as good as it ought to be, and one has to blame the current owners, Hammerson, for, for the decline in the, in the way the point looks. But if they were to spend a bit of money, a liquor paint, um, make sure that the lights on the pyramid work properly, then it could shine for Milton Keynes once again. That's all it needs, is a bit of care and attention. Because basically, what's going to happen if the point goes? That's it. That's the history of Milton Keynes is the point. It's the only thing that's going to be that's left. Paul, you can't, you can't... You lose it... You can't, you can't say that the whole history of Milton Keynes is contained within the pyramidical shape of the point. N- not the whole of Milton Keynes, but it's, it is iconic. It is what people remembers Milton Keynes um, as, as, as being for, which is innovation. The point saved the cinema industry in the United Kingdom. It's a build. If you lose the point, then when you go to central Milton Keynes, what is there that actually epitomizes Milton Keynes. There's nothing. 
Great shopping centre. It was where the Wired for Sound uh, pop video with Cliff Richards was uh, was filmed. The uh, the train station, Superman Four. It's got a lot of lot of, lot of the concrete cows, the straight roads, the roundabouts, the Peace Pagoda. There's lots going for Milton Keynes. The there bowl. The bowl. <laughs> but even the bowl might be developed, and we could lose that for what it is. So I, I, I just it's progress, though, isn't it, Paul? Progress can be made without making, without demolishing. Surely, What's otherwise, it, what, what are your what are your fondest memories of the point, Paul? Well, I mean, I used to go there. I used to go. I um, when I first came to Milton Keynes thirty years ago now, in, in nineteen eighty four, I used to go and watch films there. I mean, some of the classics that I've seen um, were The Last Time Proof, which is a fantastic film. Give us some of the give us some of the classics you saw there. Well, I saw The Last Emperor, and I saw Fatal Attraction, and I've seen lots of other films there with my children. Yeah. Um, Gremlins? And, and, pardon? Did you see Gremlins there? Um, no, I didn't, but um, there's no Gremlins in the building now. Without hey. The... <laughs> hey, I like it. Is it, is it Ghostbusters 2? Um, I don't think like the Ghostbusters series. Do you not? But, but, it, it, but it, it's not just a matter of the films that were there. No. I mean, I, 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 I wasn't there when... Um, um, the code breakers were working at Blessy Park. Didn't mean to say that it's because I didn't see it and I didn't work there. But it isn't sort of no worth saving. Good point. And, 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 and I think that the point, basically, when before um, the cinema industry developed in the rest of the UK, the point was the only place where people could go throughout the whole country, and they did. They came nationwide yeah. to Milton oh, Keynes. Why did it... they came? Why did they come? They came for for entertainment, and they came to Milton Keynes Bowl. You're right. And I've been seen my first ever visit to Milton Keynes was to see Genesis in 1982. I'm so sorry for that. And, well, well, I see lots of other people there as well. Good. <laughs> Good. And, Some and, decent and, people. And, you know, and and, um, and 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 people came and to go to the Point Cinema, and I think that if you take that away, you're taking away a bit of the history. And, and I'm really serious. If if you lose buildings like the Point in Milton Keynes, it is new history. People will think in in thirty or forty years' time, what history is there to Central Milton Keynes? And and you can't call the. the the shopping building, historic. Yes, it, it, it led the way in many ways, and it has been saved and listed to, to a certain degree. Yeah. But the point is something like the, like um, the roundabouts, like the bow, yeah. like the green oh, spaces and the, and, and, right. and the trees. It's iconic. And, and, and just because it's getting a little bit tatty, what you do is you say, look, that it's getting tatty is wrong. That it's there is not wrong. And so, therefore, we need to look at ways of incorporating it within the development. And I, and I think that with the whole debate at the moment about what's going to happen to the area around the point, the yeah. Simmer Boulevard, it's just an easy way. Paul? It's much easier to knock it down and start with nothing. Paul, we've got to end it there because we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming on, and thank you very much for being a good sport. You took that in the way it was intended, and I appreciate that. And I wish you the very best of luck with your campaign. Very quickly, I've got to squeeze uh, Bobby and Milton Keynes. Bobby, what would you like to say? Hello, yeah, I'm, I'm a Rover reporter. I'm in Milton Keynes at the moment. Uh, we have sleep Turn it into snow. Yo. Please, please uh, sort of drive carefully at the moment because yeah. it's uh, snow on ice. Yeah, yes, and that will be very, very dangerous. But, Bobby, you're not winding me up. It's actually snowing no, in Milton actually, Keynes. It's actually sleeping oh, at the moment. mate. Bobby, you're, you're, you've been the best call we've had all week. Thank you so much. 
It's snowing, kids. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 northbound heavy going after an earlier vehicle broke down between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 15 for Northampton, with the speed sign set to 50 at the moment. The London bound on the M1 still slow going between 10 for Luton Airport and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And the A1M southbound struggling around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And there are queues on the A1 from Eton Soken approaching the Black Cat roundabout. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine's just pulled a very sad face and given me some sad news. Catherine, what was the, what was the sad news? You just... No snow in Luton. Snow in the Milton Keynes. It's not snowing here. Oh, bum. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Hertfordshire serial killer to be sentenced today, fallen teenage pregnancy rates and hybrid air vehicle to be unveiled in Bedfordshire. BBC Three Counties Radio. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Dennehay grew up in Harpenden attending Roundwood Park School. Dr Louise Westmoreland is a senior lecturer in criminology at the Open University. Usually there is some male connection when these things happen or at least there's some explanation of a male connection you know so under the control of a man or having been abused by a man or something like that teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again according to official statistics in beds hearts and bucks there are 250 fewer pregnant under 18 year olds than three years ago conservative councillor richard roberts who's responsible for children's services at Hertfordshire county council says there is still work to be done. I think in every district there are hot spots. Uh, we shouldn't just pick on Stevenage, Stevenage and Broxbourne, but they are they are particularly high high areas there, uh, and, um, and and certainly uh, they're areas that are, are above the national average. And that's why we should really target our efforts. The Department of Health is to spend £90 million in an effort to improve the diagnosis of dementia. The Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt, has also welcomed plans by a number of leading British businesses to train staff to have a better understanding of the problems faced by customers with dementia. We recognise that it isn't just about what the NHS does, it's also about attitudes in society as a whole. We need a much broader understanding. Sometimes if someone's in front of you in the queue getting onto the bus and they're struggling to get out their Oyster card, uh, there may be a reason for that. And we want more people to understand that and change those attitudes. Reports from the Ukrainian region of Crimea say that armed men have seized two airports. Ukraine's interior minister said the men represented the Russian Federation and described what they'd done as an invasion and occupation. The world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best-selling rock stars. The hybrid air vehicle at Cardington Hangars looks like a giant airship. Iron Maiden lead singer, businessman and airline pilot Bruce Dickinson says the aircraft is a game-changer. We can lift enormous weights at very, very low speeds with this and then accelerate hugely in a hugely fuel-efficient way, cruising about 100 miles an hour, but you're doing it for three and a half days with 50,000 kilos of payload on board. 
It's Thunderbird 2. It's a roll-on, roll-off ferry that flies that doesn't need a runway. In sport, Tottenham are through to the last 16 of the Europa League after beating the Ukrainian side Dnipro 3-1 to go through 3-2 on aggregate. The weather, cloudy and feeling cold with outbreaks of rain affecting most parts during the day and a chilly northeasterly wind developing, a maximum temperature 7 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Fair play. That uh, aeroplane, aircraft thing we've been talking about all morning, it's massive! It's absolutely massive! I've never seen anything like it. Incredible! Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, here every morning, every weekday morning, let's not get carried away, between six and nine, in the last hour of the show. What turns a nice girl from Harpenden into a serial killer? What's stopping our teenagers getting pregnant? And can you phone up and do an impression of your car horn? I know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not exactly Sony material, but it plugs a few gaps. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or give me a phone call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. A psychopathic serial killer who grew up in Harpenden is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later. 31-year-old Joanna Dennehy murdered three men before attacking two others she selected at random in March and April last year. Well, she'll be jailed this afternoon, as will two men accused of helping her dispose of her victims. Joined now by Ellie Godsey, who is a consultant clinical psychologist. Morning, Ellie. Good morning, Ian. Joanna Dennehy had the basis to lead a n- normal lifestyle. Why, why do you think she turned into a serial killer? Why, why do people change like that? I mean, her, I don't know what you mean by she had the basis. I mean, look, I've been doing this for over 25 years. It's a horrible case. My experience tells me that at some point in her young life, in order to get to this awful point where she brutalises people in this horrific manner, that she herself must have been experienced some sort of brutality herself. Almost certainly. I've, I've very, very rarely come across a case where that isn't, isn't true. So what, she would have... Uh, it, it's likely, and I know you don't know the facts, it, it's likely she would have experienced some form of abuse in some way, what, as a child growing up? Absolutely, at some point before she reached the age of 16 or 18, she would have been brutalised, physical or sexual abuse. That would have been the foundations for this. That, that's, the, that's the building block for this kind of subsequent brutality. Uh, the, the, now, there are, of course, lots of people who, who do endure that horrible thing uh, uh, as a child, and they don't go on to Absolutely, be serial killers. So right, but where does that twist? Uh, uh, yeah, OK, well, that depends whether you go forward in time or backwards in time so the vast majority of people who experience horrific abuse don't go on to become abusers or indeed serial killers but if you look at serial killers all of them were abused fact simple fact emotional physical or sexual abuse now in order for her to get to that point later you've got that foundation of brutality then you've got the issue of uh, subsequent mental health problems on the back of that quite significant mental health problems then you add serious drug and alcohol abuse to the mix. You add delusional fantasies. You add um, fantasizing about being powerful, being the perpetrator, not being the one that's being victimized. You've got a very, very dangerous uh, cocktail that resulted in this horrific series of crimes. 
Would she have, have got pleasure out of what she was doing? Um, in in the sense that by the end, what happens is that in, instead of one, instead of you see, one of the ways of avoiding being a victim is to turn into a perpetrator. You you're in control. Then you're the powerful one. You're not the one that's being brutalised. You're in control. Now, it takes a lot more for a woman to get to the point where she expresses herself. Men with this kind of background tend to start behaving violently at a much earlier age. Women, it takes a much longer, much more prolonged, generally speaking, much more prolonged series of events before they get to the tipping point where they express themselves in this kind of way. Is it addictive, Ellie? And by that, I mean, after the first one, would she have been unable to stop? Uh, I think, you see, what happens is to, to get to that tipping point, I think there's a valid point you're making there. Once you've gone over the threshold, it becomes much easier then to do the next one and then the next one and the next one. And I think, yes, I think at that point you're starting to get some sort of thrill, you're starting to get some sort of pleasure. And if you, if you seem to get away with it to begin with, then that's even more exciting. And then, of course, you add into the mix somebody whose life is, is otherwise worthless, and insignificant, gaining notoriety, gaining a sense of um, infamy, you know, suddenly she's somebody's in the news and suddenly she's important. Yes, I think there is an addictive element to that. Yes, I think you're right. She faces uh, a mandatory life prison sentence. Could someone like that ever be safely allowed back into society? Uh, I think on the back of the ruling earlier this week, it's, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know what the judge has in mind. I think it's unlikely that she will be released, but I, I can't say that for certain. Can they be rehabilitated? A small minority of them can, yes, that's, that, that's absolutely true. Um, it depends on a whole load of things. It depends on whether they get to the point where they realise genuinely that, that, that what they have done is, is wrong and that what they have done um, has arisen from a whole load of events in their, old, uh, in their own life and that they're prepared to look at those series of events. So I'm not, I'm not using abuse as an excuse. Please don't get me wrong here, Ian. I'm using nope. it as an explanation. Yep. And I, and I picked that up, yep. We've been... Fa- the, 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 we, the British public, have been fascinated by this story. Uh, 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 possibly because she's a woman. Is, um, would that be right? Yes. And, and also because statistically she's quite rare in that sense. You know, um, female serious in ki- female, sorry, female serious killers in this country uh, are statistically unusual, mm. and of course, female violence is still statistically unusual. I mean, it's still consistently only about nine or ten percent of all violence is perpetrated by women, and and as you get into the realms of very serious violence like this, it becomes even less. So she is unusual, and of course, because she's a woman. She, she shatters all our myths and all our mythology about what womankind and what womanhood is about. You know, caring, looking after, um, sympathising, mm. sympathising with people. The, the mother figure. The mother figure, the daughter, the sister, the carer, the nurse, all of that sort of thing. Um, I'm not saying a man who did this wouldn't get the same kind of coverage. He would, but I don't think the tone would have been quite... Mm. And what will she be offered? Uh, maybe you won't be able to answer this, Ellie, but what, do you know what she'll be offered in prison in terms of, of treatment or therapy? Uh, yeah, there will be all kinds of programmes that will be offered to her in due course, but in my experience it could be 5, 10, 15 years down the line before she'd even contemplate being prepared to do anything like that. I, I think at the moment uh, that's extremely unlikely from the coverage I've seen. Mm. I think she's still at a point where... 
um, she's not very well mentally, and I think it could be quite a long time before she'd even even be able to engage in any sort of treatment. Ellie, it's fascinating stuff. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Ellie Godsey, consultant, clinical psychologist. One of the most horrific books I've ever read in my life, and I w- do you know what? kind of wish I hadn't read it. A book about Fred and Rose West. I think I might have read the same one. Oh, is it, it called Happy Like Murderers? I, oh, I can't, you know, I it can't. It was awful, wasn't it? It, 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 it went to, I mean, and again, not saying this to justify what they did, but both Fred and Rose West had awful childhoods. Just the worst, and not in any way using it as an excuse, but just the abuse they both went through as children was obscene. But then this book detailed what they did to their victims. And I've never, and I won't go into detail because we've got, we got kids on their way to school and stuff, but it's probably not appropriate at, at ten past eight. Oh, dear. I'm even thinking about it. It was just so horrific what they got up to. It's just the, the lack of humanity. Yeah, and it was, they were like animals. They were like animals. Crazy. Oh, awful. Anyway, it's one of those books. I kind of read it, and I sort of wish I, sort of wish I hadn't read it. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it, it was worse that it was... Their own children at times as well. Their own children at times. Uh, she, and she was, you know, she was as, as involved in it as he was. Awful. Just terrible. Absolutely terrible. He, did he hang himself? He did, didn't he? Mm. <sighs> 08459 555 I, 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 As we said, as Ellie was saying there, that the, the, the thing, one of the things that makes this story so fascinating and horrific to us is the fact that it's a woman. It's a woman that has done it. Uh, and I guess we can kind of open this up slightly, and I can understand why you might be reluctant to call in about this. You can change your name if you want. Uh, would love to talk to you this morning if you have been uh, a victim of violence at the hands of a woman. Maybe it was your partner. Maybe it was it was a mugging. Because it doesn't happen as often, does it? It's, it's normally men, as, as Ellie said, that are the perpetrators of violence and horrific acts. But it does happen. It does happen the other way round. Every time, or the few times we've done a phone-in on domestic violence, we always get an email saying, oh, yeah, oh, d- don't forget that women do it to men as well. So, this morning, the invitation is open to you. I'm not expecting many, if any, phone calls on this, because I can completely understand why you would be reluctant to call in. But... We've had some amazing calls, some amazingly honest calls from people the last two weeks, so we thought we'd chance our arm and put it out there. If you are a a man and you have been a victim of uh, violence, domestic violence most likely, from your female partner, can you give me a call and try and explain it to me? Explain how you felt. Was it emasculating? Was it humiliating more because it was coming from a woman? And any idea why they were doing it? What what snapped in them that caused them to do it? It's a long shot. We may not get any calls on this, but I'm going to put it out there to you. Uh, and uh, you don't normally disappoint me, so so have a think about it and maybe give me a call. 08459 455 555. You can text in as well with your stories, uh, if you'd rather. 81333, start your text 3CR. And of course... Last little bit of information. You can send me an email. And you can send me an email anytime uh, during the day, during the week, during the weekend, if uh, you want to talk about something we've talked about, or if you've got a story that you think we should be covering. We've had some great stories, not so much the last uh, three or four weeks, but before that we were getting loads of stories from you lot. So if you've got a story you think we should be discussing on the show or the station, send it to me and we'll have a look. 
And uh, said before, if it's not right for this show, we'll, we'll pass it on to another. A couple of things I've passed on to Nick's show. Uh, something on to... Uh, um, um, no, 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 I haven't forgotten Roberto's name. I dare not forget Roberto's name after he's posted a picture of him and John Travolta. Him and John, him and JT together. Nice picture uh, in the canteen. Shrink wrap, that's it. We passed a couple of stories on to uh, onto that. Uh, you can email ian.lee, I-A-I-N dot L-double-E at bbc.co.uk. 8.15, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a call in from Mick on the M1 northbound. One lane is blocked by a lorry tyre between 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes. No delays on the sensors though. The M1 London bound slow going between junction 9 for Redbourne and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The A1M southbound struggling around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And in St Albans, the Catherine Street looking slow around Hatfield Road. On the speed sensors, the A5 northbound looking very slow on the approach to Hockcliffe at Leighton Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. I've just got a, a quick uh, news flash has popped up on my screen. Uh, we've been talking about Catherine. Do you want to uh, do you want to do this and explain just exactly what this is? Yeah, we've been covering um, the ongoing investigation into goings on at the Barnfield Foundation. Yeah, that's been a story for a long, long time. Investigations into uh, um, uh, claiming money that perhaps they weren't entitled to, allegations of uh, of uh, people potential grave massaging, things like that. Yeah, yes. So in the last half hour, I can confirm the BBC's learned there will be no criminal investigation resulting from that inquiry. We will be getting more on this from Paul's coins in the next half hour. Okay, thank you very much for that, Catherine. Uh, That's breaking news. Let's go on with the rest of the headlines. At 8.16 on Friday the 28th of February, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later on today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Dennehy grew up in Harpenden, attending Roundwood Park School. The world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning by one of the world's best-selling rock stars. The hybrid air vehicle at Cardington Hangars is being promoted by Iron Maiden lead singer Bruce Dickinson. And in sport, Hertfordshire's Laura Trott has helped Great Britain to win their first gold medal at the Track Cycling World Championships. Well done, her. The weather today for beds, hearts and bucks. Cloudy and feeling cold with outbreaks of rain affecting most parts during the day and maybe, maybe, maybe a tiny itsy bit of snow. BBC Three Counties Radio. After a great week for our local teams... Tomorrow brings more tough tests. Joyce towards the far post, and Ikechiania drives it into the far corner. We'll have commentary on Watford, MK Dons, Stevenage and Luton as they all aim for three more vital points. And some of the football at Kenilworth Road. It's just a joy to watch. One touch stuff. Edge of the box, rise on McLeod. McLeod's juice, and it's 2-0 to MK Dons. Cheer on your team with Three Counties Sport. Tomorrow from 2 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, this year marks... Oh, by the way, if you're expecting JVS to pop in and uh, set up his stall and tell us what he has special offers on this morning, uh, just after half past eight. OK, just for this week, he's been popping in just after half past eight so that we can uh, do this. We're marking the centenary of the First World War. It's part of the BBC project called World War One at Home. We've been looking at the impact the war had on places in beds, hearts and bucks. 
Now, in Buckinghamshire, the owner of Halton Hall, Alfred de Rothschild, blah, blah, offered his estate to Lord Kitchener for military training. It was the start of the site's association with the armed services. Well, it's now, of course, RAF Halton and Tara Gungafall went there to meet Derek Larkin and have a look at the museum he's created on the site. Welcome to our place. It's all here. Oh, a lot of it. Derek Larkin first came to RAF Halton in 1949 as a 15-year-old apprentice mechanic. In his retirement, he founded the Trenchard Museum, which is based on site. Named after the founder of the Royal Air Force, Lord Trenchard, and also the founder of the RAF Halton Apprentice Scheme. That's Halton House. It's a picture taken some years ago. 1913, war clouds were threatening, but once war was becoming inevitable, Alfred de Rothschild, who owned Halton House, which was his party house, immediately offered Lord Kitchener the estate for his troops to come and do some exercises. Do you want to come down and see some of the photographs we've got? And There's the army sitting on a hill above Halton House, surveying the Halton estate, and there is a view of the first aircraft that landed at Halton, and Lord Rothschild used to go up and look at them. You can imagine how amazed he was to see actual aeroplanes and and the local population, because they'd never seen anything like that before, flying machines coming out of the sky and landing. By 1916, there were over 20,000 troops under training at Halton. The place had been changed from its wonderful parkland landscape gardens into tents and wooden huts. In 1917, the focus at Halton changed. The fighting soldiers moved out and Halton became purely a Royal Flying Corps station, churning out 14,000 aircraft mechanics that year, both men and women, to service more than 20,000 aircraft serving on the Western Front. Each aircraft probably required, in some cases, as many as 40 different individuals to look after it. Today's aircraft, you might need about four or five or even fewer. But with so many personnel dying, the Royal Flying Corps had a problem. The pool of available labour was being exhausted. Eventually, they had to resort to training boys of 15 years of age, taking them from grammar schools because they needed to be fairly well educated to understand uh, uh, the IT of the day, as it were, aviation. Halton, being the home of the RAF apprentice scheme, has made a tremendous contribution to the, not only to the Royal Air Force, but also to the country. And I quote one world-famous ex-apprentice to you, uh, Sir Frank Whittle, who gave the world the jet engine. Tara Gungafal, uh, who went to meet Derek Larkin. You can hear more about World War I throughout the day. And well done, Tara! She's been working blooming hard on all of that, and uh, I know she's had a couple of jollies out of it, so that, that's good for her, but she's done a cracking job, so thank you very much. And if you want to find out more about our local stories from World War I at home, then you can go to bbc.co.uk slash WW1. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Should we do some texts? Got plenty coming in. Uh, James in Stevenage. There's no need for the point in Milton Keynes to be demolished, even though it is a little unknown fact that they rushed the building work to get it up and running for Christmas for when Santa Claus the movie was released. Don't knock it. We can't keep it just because Santa Claus the movie was shown there once. Dave uh, in Milton Keynes talking about feel-good films. Feel-good film has to be 51st dates. Worst film ever is Grease. The point should be turned into a jazz bar or a comedy club, as we haven't got one of those. Finally, you haven't picked on Kelly or Justin yet. I look forward to your daily heckle of them, and Catherine is still the best. Well, Kelly's off. We've been, I think we've been doing a pretty good job this morning of uh, bullying Ollie, who's in for the morning. Do you, feel, do you feel you've been bullied enough, Ollie? I feel I've been well and truly heckled and bullied. OK, so excellent. Far. And Catherine, you're rubbish. Well... That's not very nice. No, it, Dave. Dave likes he likes the bants. He's classic bants. Oh, okay. So you're rubbish. No, you're rubbish. Oh no, you are. Your hair, silly. No, it's not. Uh, and uh, another text. Oh, the, earlier on in the show, we, I've, I've, got, I've got to play you this clip. Justin went out and spoke to uh, some uh, teenage mums. Have a listen to this. No, it ruined my life. Nothing you could do about it once you're pregnant, no, is there? So you're saying it has ruined your life? Yeah, there's, no, there's loads of things that I could be out doing, but... How can you say that with that little smile? You can't say that he's ruined your life, can you? Come no, on. not ruined in a horrible way, but... <laughs> oh. Obviously, there's things that I could have done. Oh. Working, going to college or something. You can hear the giggle. It ruined my life. Not in a horrible way. You hear the giggle. Uh, we've got a text in. It says, uh, Ian, I had my first child at 17 and second at 19. I think that lady that said it ruined her life meant if she'd had her time again, she wouldn't have had a child yet as she missed out on so much. Well, that's how I feel. Is that really the case? Alison Hadley is the director of the Teenage Pregnancy Knowledge Exchange at the university. Good morning, Alison. Good morning. Does it break your heart when you hear mums like that saying that, that having a baby as a teenager ruined their lives? Well, I think they, they mean exactly what your, um, your second person said, that actually, if they had their time again, you know, they would have done it differently, but they loved their child to mm. bits. Um, and I think that's what's so sad, that actually, if you give young people the right choices early on and you give them all the advice that they need and they have the easy access to contraception early, you know, most do not choose to be young mums or young dads. Well, and, and it would appear that message is getting across. The reason we're talking about teenage mums is because teenage pregnancy rates across the three counties have fallen again. It's according to official statistics. 250 few, fewer... Hang on, let me say that again. 250 fewer pregnant under 18-year-olds in beds, hearts and bucks than there were three years ago. That's, that, that's got to be good news. Absolutely, and I think it's, uh, it really shows that if you do give young people the advice that they've always said they need, they're always saying, please give us better sex education, talk to us more about these things, make it easier for, for us to get contraceptive advice. If you do that, then they will make sensible choices. And I think across, uh, across the region, people have worked really hard on that, not just over the last three years, but for the last 10, 12 years. And over the, in England, over that 12-year period, we've seen the rate drop by 40%, um, which is a huge drop in teenage pregnancy. And I think people always thought there was nothing you could do about it in England. It was just one of those things. But actually, if you do the right things, um, then the rates will come down. Well, you, do you talk about people have been needing more advice... Mm. What advice is there? Put a condom on. <laughs> you know, put a condom on. That, that, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Or don't involve in full penetrative, penetrative sex. When it comes to the moment, you're absolutely, absolutely right. But there's a lot more advice that young people say they need and what the evidence says. There's a discussion around 
peer pressure, you know, not having sex until you really want to, so you actually feel confident to say no until you want to say yes. And actually knowing about all the other methods of, of contraception, condoms are fantastic, preventing infections, and they're a good method of contraception, but actually they're quite prone to what we call sort of user failure. You maybe don't put it on the right time. Oh. And, oh. and actually oh. you do need to know about other methods of contraception, and that's why young people need access to really friendly services and find out about the pill, the long-acting methods that are really good at protecting against pregnancy. But a lot of it, the sex education, is about relationships and the kind of what do you actually do on a Saturday night? How do you, how do you resist that pressure? You think all your friends are doing, but actually they're not. Um, so it's that kind of thing that young people say they really want the advice on. And we've got more to do on that, and that's why at the, at the University of Bedfordshire, the Teenage Pregnancy Knowledge Exchange, we're trying to share really good practice between areas, getting it into the training of midwives and school nurses and health visitors so that they can support young people in the future. If you've got two randy 15, 16-year-old kids, I was one once, Alison, I can almost remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to stop in the throes of passion in, in, you know, in their mum's car or at the bus stop or wherever and go, oh, hang on a second, we need to go and get some advice on what to do next. Mm. It, 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 it's, I, I vaguely remember that moment of being so caught up that you just get on with it. Well, um, I think the thing is that we need to um, plan early, and that means you know, sex education isn't just before you have sex. Sex education should start in primary schools, talking about relationships, talking about puberty, then you introduce the information around contraception, sexual health. And what you want to encourage young people to do is actually go and seek advice before they have sex. And I think we have to be more open about that. Um, boys going with girls to clinics, not just leaving it up to the girls. So that actually when you get to that moment of passion that you described and you can remember, mm. people are already prepared. And I think that's what young people do in other comparable Western European countries. There's much more sort of acceptance that you need to prepare young people for young adult life and looking after themselves. Well, it looks like the message is getting across, and let's hope that this trend continues, Alison. I hope so, too. I think the good work will continue um, as long as we don't take our eye off the ball because, you Ooh. know, we've got more to do on this. That's an unfortunate choice of phrase, Alison, <laughs> but thank you very much indeed. Alison Hadley, Director of the Teenage Pregnancy Knowledge Exchange at the University of Bedfordshire. Let's get the travel, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 northbound, we've got reports one lane is blocked by a lorry tyre in the road between junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes. Not picking up any delays on the sensors and thanks to Mick for phoning in with an update on that. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. In Brogborough, the A421 towards Milton Keynes is slow going between the M1 Junction 13 and the Kingston roundabout. And the London Coney roundabout, uh, the approach on the North Orbital looking very slow. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks very much, Alice. Right, it's coming up to 8.30, last 30 minutes of the show. JBS will come up in a few minutes and tell us exactly what he's got planned on the show. We'll speak to Paul Scoynes about Barnfield and maybe we'll try and squeeze in Justin Dealey as well. If you want to give me a call, I've got two lines free. 08459 455 555. Let's get the news now with Simon. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
BBC Three Counties has learned that the police will take no action against the Barnfield Federation, which runs schools and colleges in Bedfordshire. Hertfordshire Police have told us that having reviewed all the material, it does not warrant any criminal investigation. The Department of Education is set to publish its report shortly into allegations of financial irregularities and governance at Barnfield. Female serial killer Joanna Dennehy from Harpenden is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. And the world's longest aircraft is being unveiled in Bedfordshire later this morning at Cardington Hangars. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham are through to the last 16 of the Europa League after beating Ukrainian side Dnipro 3-1 last night to go through 3-2 on aggregate. They'll face Benfica next, but Swansea are out after losing 3-1 away to the Italian side Napoli. Tomorrow, Watford are waiting on the fitness of Fernando Forestieri for the visit of Blackpool in the Championship. MK Dons will be without Stephen Gleeson and possibly Ben Reeves as well for the League One home game against Sheffield United. Stevenage could have John Massinho back in the squad for the trip to Bradford in League 2, Wickham are at South End, and Luton captain Ronnie Henry believes the Hatters could do what his old club Stevenage did and achieve back-to-back promotions if they go up from the conference. Luton host Alfreton tomorrow. Henry's been comparing his two teams. The side that I played under Stevenage was a very solid, organised, um, not as much flair as this team has got. Um, we was a more compact side there, um, a very strong, quite big side. The side here that I'm playing playing with at the moment have got a, a few players in it that can uh, that can change a, change a game in an instant. Great Britain have won their first gold medal at the Track Cycling World Championships in Colombia with Hertfordshire's Laura Trott helping them to the women's team pursuit title. Got together really well now. Um, obviously Eleanor and Katie were quite new to the team and so obviously it took a bit of getting used to and learning it and learning how each other rides but obviously we're world champions now so it must be quite good here. And England's cricketers bid to put their Australian nightmare behind them today as they start a three-match one-day series in the West Indies. The first match in Antigua starts at 1.30 our time. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ian Lee. That's me. JVS. Good morning. Nice to see you. Oh, you got one collar in, one collar out. What are you saw? I popped out. You've popped out, popped in. Stay there because it's very, very exciting news. Bobby is uh, our weather updater. He's in Milton Keynes. You can, you can move that. Don't, don't worry. Bobby, you called in earlier on to tell us about the sleeting in Milton Keynes. Yes, tell JVS to get his bum sorted. <laughs> get your bum sorted. What's wrong with your bum? What's wrong with my bum? <laughs> Now it's uh, we have had it's a, a beautiful bit of frost bomb. this morning. You've had what? Sorry, frost. frost. <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? You've had what? Frost. <laughs> frost. 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 David. Da- frost. Oh, David. David Frost. Yes. But why are you saying frost? There in a minute. Yes. David Frost. Frost. Right. frost you, okay. So what are you saying to me, Bobby? I'm confused. Uh, uh, sorry. At the moment, I want to give an update. On the weather report, <laughs> yeah. uh, for traffic. <laughs> yep, there's frost. Every, uh, <laughs> to work. Sorry. Yeah, no, go on. So, what, what do you want Sorry. to do? Everybody's rushing to work. Yes. Now it's uh, there's frost on the road. Yep. <laughs> frost on the road. Stop laughing. He's giving an update. <laughs> Bobby's my, my new... I'm auditioning him. Do you want me to come to Luton and smack him round the head? Uh, do, do you know what, Bobby? More than anything, <laughs> I want you to do. But don't rush. So there's frost still. 
Now, Boss was on the road. Has it gone now? No. So it's, it, there is. So there, I'll go back to my original statement. There's frost still. <laughs> is it? He's dead. Shut up. <laughs> oh, blimey. No, there's some... That was a second of nasty turn, second of dark turn. Is it still sleeting? Yes, sir. Is it turning into snow? Yes, sir. <laughs> Can I have a hundred pounds? No, no, I can't give you £100. 50 let, uh, Hang on. Yes, you can. I'll write a check out from the BBC. <laughs> Bobby, listen, I know... I, I, I really appreciate your updates. They've been very, very useful. Yeah. I'm going to Ser- speak... Seriously. Yep. Seriously, yep. to you and to me. Yeah. Uh, ha- there is ice this morning on the road. OK. And now it's sleeting. And please uh, don't rush to work. Take your time. Don't rush. Bobby, I'm going to speak on behalf of JVS here. I hope he doesn't mind me. But would you mind calling up three times an hour during Jonathan's show to give weather updates? Oh, yes, Jonathan. Can I slap him around the head? Because cold. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Bobby, what noise does your horn make? <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Absolutely bonkers, but wonderful because of it, you see? He seemed quite keen on slapping me around me. What started off as a joke turned into a quite nasty yeah. uh, twist. Quite nasty uh, death threat. I would, yeah. I, we'll, we'll clip that audio just in case I yes. have to go to court. If I disappear, yep. Bobby did it. <laughs> OK. Poor Bobby. <laughs> I'm under Bobby's patio. Just, if, if I disappear... Oh, poor Bobby. He's just called in to give us a weather up the road update. Is it, it, uh, fr- frost on the road. Yeah. I don't think you get frost on the road, do you? You get frost on the grass. You get frost on your vegetation. <laughs> but you get ice on the road. You don't get frost on the road. Oh, Paul, we'll be with you in a second. Paul? He's naffed off. Yes. Yeah, okay, where are you? He's Milton Keynes. Why why were you not near the microphone? I was on the I was on the uh, computer. You weren't on the computer, were you? I was on the computer. You were on the. I was actually on the phone. On the right. Okay, we'll take your word for it. I'll be with you in a second. I I really just need to um, finish Jonathan off. Sorry, I've I've not got anything. Okay, great. All right, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna turn you down now. Okay. Jonathan, <clears throat> yes. what's coming up on your show this morning? Coming up this morning on the big phone-in from nine, would you vote to keep this country in Europe? David Cameron says the government can bring reform in Europe to make it work better for Britain and for British people. Speaking at a meeting with the visiting German Chancellor Angela Merkel, the Prime Minister claimed a new, tougher Europe would stop people travelling to Britain simply to enjoy a life on benefits. Did you see the, the show business we gave Angela Merkel yesterday? No. She was allowed to not only address uh, the House of Commons, she also had a cup of tea with the Queen. I think she had a tour around the Big Brother house as well, didn't she? Did she? No. There's a picture of... Where's the picture where it looks like her and... Um, David Cameron are kissing. Yeah, they're going in for the snog. Well, yeah. Miss Merkel agreed right, that arguing freedom of movement was designed to let people work in different countries, not to allow them a life on someone else's dole queue. David Cameron has promised a referendum on the EU if he remains in power after 2015. But do you believe he can change Europe to make it work for Britain. From nine this morning, I want your views on this. Would you vote to keep this country in Europe? Let's assume that David Cameron manages to get Europe to agree to some of our wishes. Yep. Do we still want to remain in Europe then? I want your views on the big phone in from nine oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go. Right. 
Thank you for that, uh, Jonathan. Excellent stuff. I look forward to listening to that. Now, in the last hour, we've heard that there will be no criminal investigation resulting from the inquiry into the going-ons, goings-on at the Barnfield Foundation. It's a story we've been following for some time now, thanks to the tireless diligence of my colleague Paul Scoins. As uh, you've heard, Paul joins us from the Milton Keynes studio. Paul, we've been waiting for ages for this Mm. report to be released. Could this... What exactly has been said today, and could this be a sign that the report may be about to be delivered? Well, Ian, what's been said is uh, Hearts Police... Uh, have sent me a statement in in the last hour um, saying that their economic crime unit have reviewed all of the material referred to them uh, regarding the Barnfield Federation and have confirmed that the information, quote, does not warrant any criminal investigation. They then said that the matter has been referred back to the education authorities. Now, it was the uh, Department for Education, the Department for Business, their two sort of uh, funding agencies which were investigating the Barnfield Federation over allegations of financial mismanagement, over claims of grade massaging, um, and indeed, you know, we we leaked, uh, we, we were able to get hold of a copy of, of the Skills Funding Agency report and published it last week, uh, which revealed uh, big overspends, um, a sort of a, a lack of oversight from governors and, and certainly some questions over the way that the former Director General, Sir Peter Burkett, was... Um, was paid off when he left the uh, federation last year uh, and and we knew that those investigations had been passed to the police by the uh, government and 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 that was then the hold up for for the publication of the report now now that has concluded and indeed as we as we uh, know that the police have said that there are no cases to answer we understand and i i have had this confirmed from several sources within barnfield uh, as well as uh, at a higher level that those reports will come today. We're expecting both of those reports to be published in the next sort of six hours or so. Mm. So th- th- we will know fully exactly what went on, what, what the uh, official line is on that. What we probably won't get is any sort of recommendation about what happens with that information and what, what is the next step for Barnfield. I guess that that will be uh, coming in the next week or so. But the actual investigations, including the one that we haven't seen, the education... So there are agency, two reports, are there? And one we've seen and, and one we haven't seen? That's correct. Right, one okay. of them. Uh, one of them is the Education Funding Agency. That's the organisation which deals with under-16 education. The Skills Funding Agency report, which we have seen, is the one that deals with post-16 uh, education. Of course, that closely related to the college uh, and the way that the Federation handled it. So the the other investigation, we understand, will relate more to the academy structure. Um, Barnfield have always, throughout this process, said that it's not to do with the way that uh, learn you know students are taught. It's to do with, really, the way that the organisation was structured we will now get a, a slightly more understanding or slightly greater understanding I should say of, of exactly what that uh, report has um, I understand it has more on Sir Peter Burkett um, but indeed as we can see there are no criminal charges resulting mm. from this so what happens to him next we don't know well, I was, I was going to say does, does this mean that these reports are toothless then if, if there won't be any police uh, um, further police action taken but what, what can happen just a shift around at the top I suppose 
Well, indeed. I mean, what the, the options open, I guess, are, are uh, dictated a little bit by the Further Education Commissioner. He was commissioned to go in uh, to Barnfield and, and look to see what could happen after these reports. Now, my understanding is that his recommendation was that the organisation remains in place, that you have a change of management. Of course, that's already happened. We've got a new uh, interim chief executive, Dame Jackie Fisher. Uh, she took over only about a fortnight ago. Um, and indeed i understand that the governors have been shifted around as well um that that is what i I believe he called for and and i think he he felt that the organization could continue you know barnfield federation runs at least i think half a dozen or so academies and free schools in bedfordshire there were plans to expand elsewhere during this process one of the uh sort of schools in in bedfordshire awaiting conversion pulled out another one was told that uh, barnfield federation would not be sponsoring it there is one left, uh, which is St George's in Leighton Buzzard. That's a, a sort of a junior school, and that's uh, sort of been put on hold whilst this investigation is taking place. We don't know what will happen there. Um, and indeed, Barnfield had had plans and designs on on locations outside of Bedfordshire, in Cambridgeshire, and indeed over in Oxfordshire. So we wait to see, really, Ian, whether or not these reports will mm. uh, make those authorities take a second look at this. Okay. Well, no doubt there'll be more about this uh, probably with uh, Roberto later on today, and uh, possibly on breakfast tomorrow and next week as well. Paul. Thank you very much. And also, can I just say uh, thanks very much for that wonderful audio clip you sent me last night. Oh, it is a piece of wonder, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, let's have a look at some texts. I wish I could play you the audio he sent me. I can't. It went out on a radio station. Viva Naughty. No, not uh, Phil says, I've just told my wife that Bruce Dickinson is at Carrington today, to which she replied, oh, so they sell antiques there now? <laughs> um, Ian and uh, Lady B. Lady B? In the house. What? Have you been watching Andy's Dinosaur Adventures? It's great, says Teddy Boy and Dexter, age three and a half. Yes, yeah, yes, I have. It's brilliant. I like uh, Andy. Now that we've met Andy, and he's the nicest bloke in the world. It's all nice teeth. He's got great teeth, hasn't he? He's Even in, on the bottom. A lot of people neglect the bottom teeth, don't they? He needs a haircut. I, I, I would say that to his face. He really needs to, to have a haircut. Morning, Catherine, Ian... I like the order. Crew. Yeah. Uh, well, so, Ollie is crew. Sorry? I'm crew. Did, I can be crew. Yeah. Did you just try and do that? Yeah, I can't... Oh, you, you're, it's your watch more, making the noise. Thinking more cabin. Can you make but, another brew, please? Kath- oh, yes, please. Thank you so much. <laughs> White no sugars. Catherine, Ian and... Oh, just to say thanks for starting my day with a laugh, sometimes a tear. That you're, you're providing the tears with your complete ineptitude, Catherine. Thanks. I'm go- oh, here we go. I'm going on a hospital... Oh, it's Helen and Milton Keynes who Morning, we spoke Helen. to yesterday. Morning, Helen. I'm going to hospital on Sunday. Sunday. I, would have, I would have expected more from Helen instead of Catherine and Ian. I would have, I would have expected her to get She's, the billing uh, right. a woman of great style and taste. <laughs> I'm going... If you, you missed it. We spoke to Helen earlier in the week and she's going in for a big operation on Monday. Um, my son will contact the show. Could you play the Nun song? A big thanks for starting my day in a great way. Well, Helen, uh, we'll squeeze the Nun song in at some point. Best of luck. And um, we'll speak to either you or your son next week. Best of luck. It's a uh, big operation, and I'm sure, I'm sure they'll do everything they can. Uh, 08459 Oh, finally, one more text. Gabby says, Ian, my six-year-old son Isaac has asked me to tell you off. What? He heard you say, oh, bum, with regards to no snow in Luton. At the moment, he is finding rude words very funny, and I'm often telling him not to say them, so he doesn't think you should say them either. 
Thanks, Gabby. P.S. No Stone Dunstable. The word bum is on my mind because, again, back in the show we saw with Andy, there was a character called Wally Bum. His granddad was called Wally Bum. My boys, I have never seen them laugh so much. It was mentioned many, many times. Bum was mentioned many, many times in the show. They were in hysterics. My daughter, who's five, was also there, and she has a very stern rest face. She... To the point where it looked like she wasn't enjoying it. She's obsessed... Did she enjoy it? All it was hard to tell about. from the exterior. Yeah, she needs to tell her face when she's enjoying herself. But that will uh, be learnt. Uh, Gabby, uh, please tell uh, your uh, six-year-old son, Isaac, we will not be saying bum anymore on the show. Instead, we'll be saying Willie. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise slow going between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. And the M1 London bound still a little slow between 9 for Redbourne and 7 for Hemel Hempstead. On the speed sensors in Redbourne, the A5 southbound is very slow from the M1 Junction 9 towards the centre of town. And in High Wycombe, the A404 heavy going between the Handy Cross roundabout and the Thicket roundabout. Public Transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. 8.46, Friday the 28th of February. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties has learned that the police will take no action against the Barnfield Federation, which runs schools and colleges in Bedfordshire. The Department of Education is set to publish its, publish its report shortly into allegations of financial irregularities and governance. A female serial killer from Hertfordshire is due to be sentenced at the Old Bailey later today after admitting murdering three men and trying to kill two others. Joanna Dennehy grew up in Harpenden, attending Roundwood Park School. And in sport, Hertfordshire's Laura Trott has helped Great Britain to win their first gold medal at the Track Cycling World Championship. More of your calls and maybe a little bit of Justin Dealey if you're lucky. After the weather with Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thanks very much indeed. Plenty of heavy rain out there at the moment, uh, particularly over the uh, Chilterns, where it can uh, just turn a little bit sleety as we go through the day today. And actually, I'm hearing reports of some localised flooding uh, out in the Chilterns. Elsewhere, it's a little bit more light and patchy. I can see uh, certainly to part, towards parts of Hertfordshire, northern Hertfordshire and northern Bedfordshire as well. And in fact, that's the story of the day today. Some outbreaks of rain on and off through the day today. There will be some drier interludes at times but cater for the risk of rain right the way through until tonight. And it will be cold even when you've got the drier weather, top temperature of 4 or 5 Celsius for many spots. Now tonight we'll see cloud trying to pull off towards the south and east. We'll dry out through the night. By tomorrow, uh, cloudiness uh, starts to just dissipate a little bit, so some brighter weather coming in in the afternoon. Doesn't help the temperatures, just 6 degrees. A cold night tomorrow night, and then Sunday, largely dry for the bulk of the day, but later in the afternoon we'll start to see some rain spreading in from the west and that'll be with us through the evening and that's your forecast. Thank you very much, have a nice weekend Every weekday from three, why would anyone buy a mattress off the back of a van? Roberto Peroni. How do you keep a straight face? That is so funny. A professor from the University of Bedfordshire has followed in the footsteps of Indiana Jones weekdays from three. It's the family and lifestyle debate. Got an hour discussing business and finance. It's our politics panel discussing how politics affects us. Later in the show, it's all about the entertainment world. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I have no idea why we started talking about this, but we've asked you to call in and give me the horn. Trevor's in Luton. Morning, Trevor. Morning, my horn, my horn is very effeminate. It's if I'm uh, frustrated, it does nothing apart from making me look like a child. What does your horn sound like? Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go on. Hey, Trevor! You're in a truck, I'm guessing, or you've got a fat I, car. I am. Is your horn one of those ones where you have to pull a little chain by your ear? No, that's the old-fashioned one. It's on the bottom of the... Oh, that's a bit disappointing. <laughs> do, you Same s- horn, do you still use CB radios? No, not anymore. It's mobile phones now. Flippin' it. You've, taked all the, you've taken all the romance out of um, travelling along for long hours, delivering <laughs> ginsters and milk. I mean, I've still got one in the garage somewhere, I think. Tre- around. Trevor, thank, I, I, thank you very much. When I started earning money... Uh, it was kind of when eBay started, and I... Bless you. Whoa, look, that actually, threw, that actually tossed you across the room. I know, it's got some force behind it. I heard that through the soundproof glass, and it tossed you across the room. Yeah. I bought... I've, I've bought... That is really unattractive. There's another one coming. You need to give that a wipe. There's a bit. Um, I, I did... Well, I've started with my... Oh, that is what the boys do. What I've started with the boys now is I wipe it with my thumb... Oh. And then I either wipe it on my jeans, but I've stopped doing it, and now wipe it on their clothes. I've done that in front of a non-parent before, and then realised how disgusting it looked. I got the flat of my hand and just smeared it across her face, and then wiped it on my coat. Did you ever get that thing where, where for like babbies, when they get bogeys stuck up their nose, no. the sucker? No, because I think that certain things are their business. Until it intrudes on my world, they can look after it themselves. Holly, you wait until you're a dad. You've got this coming. There is a machine you can get, a, a, a tube that you put up your baby's nose, and you go. <laughs> To suck bogeys out. I also went to one of those baby fairs once. You suck it, yeah. You, you suck it. You yeah. suck it. Not too well, much, where does though. It go? Not too much. Well, if you, you've got, that's, the, that's the game you've got to play. Suck too oh, hard. I went to one of those baby trade fairs once. Oh, yeah. And they what, sell did you get any babies? Like helmets for babies. So, oh, you know, yeah. They frighten you with things. A hall full of stuff you'll never, ever it need. It just annoyed me because I just had a baby and realised I yeah. bought all this stuff for nothing. Anyway, they had a picker. Not just a, a sucker, but a picker. Oh, what? what, what, so what? Leave them alone. Wowzers. You need those things yeah. for a limited time. Wowzers, there you go. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. It's been one of those shows this morning, one of those shows where we've thrown out some serious stuff, you've not bitten, doesn't matter, good for you, well done. We've thrown out absolute tosh. All right, like your feel-good film, loads of uh, feedback. And can you phone up and do an impression of your car horn? Well, the phones have gone bonkers. Oh, Justin, when we set you this, mm. I, I heard disdain and, dare I say it, hatred yes. in your voice. Yes, we'd, absolutely. We'd, we'd handed you this. I was basically saying, lick my boots clean, boy. I mean, the thing is, though, boss, you know, people say to me, oh, how was your day at work? What did you do? <laughs> um, yes, I spoke about teenage pregnancy and also car horn impressions. <laughs> I've got to say, that, that audio of the teenage mums was incredible. Mm. That, that's your journalistic uh, credit for the day. That, that mum saying in front of a three-year-old boy, oh, it's ruined my life. Not mm. in a bad way, yeah. but it's ruined my life. And then you hear him laughing. You could hear the giggle. Oh, it was awful, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, on a lighter note, we have actually sent you out this morning yeah. to uh, ask people to do impressions of their car horns. Yes. And, and you said yes. Yes, I did. I did. Um, Ian, are you ready for this? I think I am. Yes. Uh, here are some people with their car horn impressions. Sanchia, good morning. I've got a, a weird request here from Ian Lee. What does your car horn sound like? Mine sounds like... Uh, beep. Can you now play it for me? 
Okay, what once more? Quick impression. Beep. You're not quite there. Not quite there. Play me a car horn, sir. Fantastic. Now, can you give me an impression of your car horn? No? no let's put his window up. Madam, good morning. Can we uh, have a car horn impression? Beep. That sounds no, like a lift. Not very good, does it? Yeah, that no. sounds awful. <laughs> and again, come on. Beep. Now, what's the car? Corsa. Oh, I recognise that horn now. Yeah, I do recognise that horn now. Gary, Ian Lee has sent me out today. That's nice for you. I know, it's lovely, isn't it? It's lovely for me. Uh, I know, it's dreadful out here. However, we're being uplifting. Make my day. What does your car horn sound like? What do I listen to it? Give me an impression first. Beep! Wow. Yeah. Can you press the horn for real now? Your impression sounds nothing like that horn. I know. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. Have a good no, day. No, and you. no, no, no. Both of you are wrong. It does matter, Justin. Mm-hmm. It does matter because we are the BBC. Absolutely. Got an email from uh, Samantha in Skegness to Ian, brackets, and the two Ks who do most of the work and run the show. What? Yeah, recognise. Oh, yeah, recognise hey. this. You recognise that? <laughs> yes, I see it too frequently. May I be the first to wish you all a happy Christmas? <laughs> Only 300 days to go. Oh, no. Oh, beautiful. Lovely. Bit of Christmas. Is it, what's the weather like outside, Just? It's uh, freezing cold. It is raining. Certainly uh, no snow that I've seen in Bedfordshire. I know you spoke to Bobby earlier on. You said up in Milson Keynes it was snowing. But uh, I can tell you this morning, if you're on your way to work very soon, it is absolutely freezing today. Just very quickly, you do a show Saturday mornings between 9 and 12 mm. on this radio station. Not just in your bedroom. Yes. What's happening tomorrow? <laughs> uh, tomorrow I'll be talking to Tina Charles, uh, disco queen I from the 1970s. I love to love, but my baby just loves, loves to dance, loves to dance, he wants to dance, he's... She should take the hint. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, she's on the programme. Uh, we have the UK and American charts from this weekend in 1965, and also two for the price of one. Who would you like to hear two songs in a row from Sly and the Family Stone going head-to-head with Limmy and the Family Cooking? There you go. I've never heard of the second act, so I'll go with the first one. OK, I'll take your word. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Justin. Have a good one. Uh, Caroline's in Bedford. Morning, Caroline. Good morning and happy Christmas. Happy, happy Christmas, Christmas to you. What would you like to say? Uh, just a quickie. Um, I've just finished the school run. Saw something which is a bit odd. Yeah. Uh, lady's gone to school with the children, took the kids to school, gone back to the taxi that she took in the first place. Got in with probably a three, four-month-old child. Yeah. Got in the back. Pulled the belt around her and the child, off the taxi went, and I thought, that can't be right. I wish you called in an hour ago. Sorry about that. No, I'm not, I'm not, no, I am telling you off, Caroline. Yeah, Bad no, timing. I wish you called in an hour ago, because this would, we'd have got a lot of phone calls on this. I, I, that's upset all the taxi drivers now. Well, why, why no baby seat in the back of a taxi? Catherine, have you ever done that? No, I would be worry about taking a baby in a taxi for that reason. Do they have to provide you with a seat? Well, Surely you take your point. own? I don't think they do. Permission to speak freely? I've done it. <gasps> yeah, I've You've done, done it. Brittany. I've done it. I've done it with the baby, and I've also I did it with my boy. It was three years old, and my car broke down in the middle of nowhere, and we had to walk miles. We had to walk miles to a hospital. It was the nearest place. It was about ten o'clock at night, and we phoned up a cab. And a couple of times, in fact, he's been in the back of a cab, and he's worn a big boy, you know, a grown-up seatbelt. And how old was he? He was three. This is three months. Three months. The mum was holding it. Well, no, she sat it on the seat next to her, but pulled the belt. Oh, I, d- <laughs> oh I didn't. Safety first. I didn't get that point, Caroline. Yeah. Well, that's well, that is. So they were sat there like a grown-up. Yeah. But the seatbelt 
it wouldn't... just it went round mum and, and the child, but obviously it wasn't doing anything for the child. But she, I, I saw her pull it round the two of them and off the taxi. And she wasn't holding the baby. No. Oh well, that's nuts. Because if that car breaks suddenly, that baby's gone flying. Yeah. Well, so she had her arm round its shoulder. But oh, that's not all right. That that's going to do much good. Anyway, that... there you go. There's a topic for you for another day. Oh yeah, but we can... Monday. We've got. Well, we've got. Can you a... back on Monday? We'll yeah. pretend we didn't know. Can yes, you, can, oh, that's right, we'll do that. Can you do that, Caroline? Mm-hmm. I'll pretend it never happened. Excellent stuff. Have a lovely weekend. A bit earlier next time. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great phone-in. Thank you very much for that, Caroline. Uh, yeah, I've done the thing where we sat with the baby on the lap. Uh, 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 for, for a start, in the continent, you do that all the time, mm-hmm. OK? That, that kind of happens. Uh, in cabs. You get, you, when we hire cars, we, we make sure we get seats, but we've done it in, in, in uh, cabs. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've had to do, not what she said, but I've had to hold a baby in a cab. Special, special, you know, circumstances. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't uh, say it was the right thing to do. We had no choice at the time. I'm surprised the cabby let you in. Oh, they don't give a monkeys. Are you paying? Yep. In you get. Monday, Monday, Monday. Let's we'll, not talk about it anymore. Let's now. not ruin it. We'll chase it up. Thank you very much indeed. Um, let's have a quick look. See if we can squeeze in uh, text. Ian Lee, I don't want to know about bogies or boggies whilst eating breakfast or be fast or any other time. Uh, and James says, ruin my life, not in a bad way. What the hell? I'm sure her kid would love to know that. Typical teenage parent. Wow. There's a, there's a, a punch to the guts to end the show on, isn't there? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 northbound is heavy from the Denham roundabout to the M25. And the A1M southbound looking slow on the sensors between the Stevenage junctions. That's 8 and 7. The A5 southbound still looking very slow from the M1 junction 9 towards the town centre in Redbourne. And in Chesham, the A10 southbound slow going between Turnfold and Waltham Cross. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Have a lovely weekend. Right, thank you to everyone who took part. Thank you, Ollie, for your help today. Thank you, Catherine, for, you know, whatever it is you do. We'll discuss that later on. Uh, There'll be a new podcast up later on today. JBS is up next until Monday at 6 from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, would you vote to keep this country in Europe? David Cameron says the government can bring reform in Europe to make it work better for Britain and British